What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of The Game Plan. It is NFL Week 5, and we're breaking down the entire main slate for FanDuel, DraftKings, DFS purposes, as well as betting angles. NFL Week 5, The Game Plan. All right, welcome back, everyone. And as always, I've got one of the best DFS and sports gamblers on the planet, top 10 ranked pro, John Statsational Alessia, here with me to break down the entire NFL Week 5 slate. We're going to look at a core four games to focus on this week in your daily fantasy lineups. And we're going to look at all of the games of the week from a betting angles and DFS perspective. What's up, John? How's it going, my man? It's going well, man. It's going well. A lot of podcasts today. Had my Survivor podcast a little earlier, and uh, so you can catch that over on the Sharp app. But uh, busy, busy day. Wednesday. Love the Survivor podcast. And and by the way, guys, if you notice, John and I matching with our Sharp swag today. Um, the Sharp app is uh, an app specifically designed for sports betting information and content. You can get John's um, Survivor breakdown over there. Of course, his bet of the day, which has been crushing. Um, compare odds across all books, props, um, everything that you need, and an awesome bet tracker as well. So make sure you go download the Sharp app. Do it right now. It's free. It's on the App Store. It's on the IO Store. It's 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 an awesome tool to help you not just with your sports betting, but with your daily fantasy stuff as well because of the props and, and because of all the odds that you have and all of that. So go make sure to grab that, and you can get all of John's content over there. In addition, of course, today we are brought to you by Owner's Box Fantasy, which is weekly fantasy sports, uh, a, a great game, and we love it because Owner's Box is a super flex format. Super flex is the way to go. It's the future. I only play, John, I only play in super flex leagues. All of my dynasty leagues, even my old dynasty league, we're going, su we're going super flex next year because two quarterbacks, it's just a better way to do fantasy. It emphasizes the value of a quarterback, and why I like it is because we can get correlation across the whole lineup with two different quarterbacks. It's an awesome site. And they actually, John, they let you play for free over there. You don't even have to put in a credit card. If you click the link in the description of this video below, you can get $10 free by using promo code Drew9. You got to use the, the link in the description below to go over owner's box, get signed up. Promo code Drew9. You don't even have to put a deposit, nothing. They give you $10 playing this week's you know 100K contest. It's got overlay every week. It's free money. So go check it out. Really good stuff. So let's get into it, John. NFL week five. And of course, the way we start this and every game plan is we look at four games to focus on. We call the core four. And from there, we're going to go and take a briefer look at all of the other games. So let's get started with the first game on the core four. We've got the Packers taking on the Bengals. 51 point total. And John, the betting angles are really interesting, and I can't wait to get your perspective on this game because I don't know what's going on here. Packers just a three-point favorite on the road. I get it, but a three-point favorite against the Bengals seems a little surprising to me that the the line is that low. Are the Bengals a better team than I thought? Because the Packers are definitely a good team this year. Do you know that for sure? You're saying it? They're definitely I feel like a good they're team. good. Aaron Rodgers is there. He's a good player, and they have a good defense, and Yair Alexander. I mean, what's different about them? I think that team is it's basically Aaron Rodgers, right? 
that's the way that team is, which they have well, them. So listen, granted, Aaron, they're a good team. Aaron Jones is not a bad player. Um, you've got Devonte Adams. He's a pretty good player. Yeah. Those and, players, those players are all good with, with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to get, you know, we, we could debate the, how good green Bay is, but mm -hmm. listen, at the end of the day, they're 10 points better with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, you know, we'll see if maybe love is slightly better than what they had in the past, but it's all about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's a great, great team per se. Now three does seem a little bit, of a low number they're on the road um i've talked about this many times being on the road is not what it used to be it's probably worth about a point and a half so that line is it, it does make you scratch your head you're like okay cincinnati looked awful should not have maybe should not have beaten jacksonville in a in a spot where they're at home night game national televised game you're playing a weak team like you, you know they're coming off that big pittsburgh win you're thinking they should roll i expect cincinnati to be a little bit better though um, in this game. So I think it'll be a competitive matchup. I don't, I don't particularly like either side, uh, but I don't, I don't see green Bay just walking in there and, uh, and rolling them over. I just, I, I don't think that is going to happen. I don't know. I mean, you know, Cincinnati has been pretty good. I think this line is more a reflection of that than it is that the, the Packers aren't very good. I think it's more just Cincinnati has been pretty good this year. Um, they've looked good all around. Um, a couple of notes, Joe Mixon probably out this week, or that would be my guess as of today. Um, as far as the DFS angle goes, it's hard to trust Samaj Pirine fully. For some reason, he's not getting the love and respect, for example, that Darrell Williams is getting. And I think part of that is A, because again, they're going to be an underdog, but B, because Chris Evans, the backup running back, Seems like he might get a little bit of work here as well. Like they might not just roll full with Samaj P. Ryan if Joe Mixon is out. So I think that's an important um, thing to note in this game. Um, Kanger is telling us that Yair Alexander may miss this game. That is good. Yair Alexander is the best player on the Packers defense. So when he's out, that's a good thing. Um, and him being out would open things up for, you know, the Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd trio, hard to choose between the three, but I will say the three, the trio will be back, which for me reduces any sort of interest I might have had in CJ Azuma beyond. Now it's, you know, Azuma actually had the big game, I think partially because T. Higgins was out. And so they needed that third target. Um, so I, I think it goes back to um, Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. Not very easy to pick which one of these three you're going to want to play. I mean, it's hard to pick because. There's three of them, and they're all really good. Um, on the Packer side, there's a couple of interesting developments uh, from a DFS part. I don't know if I want to play Aaron Rodgers in this game. I know, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a tough DFS play because he relies so much on Devontae Adams, and he just doesn't have those big weeks. Uh, but it's interesting that with Martez Valdez Scantling, you know, out for the season, that Randall Cobb really got a boost in his uh, in his share of the offense last week obviously he smashed from a um, scoring touchdowns point of view last week he got two touchdowns and it, it felt like you know Aaron Rodgers was right back with his with his old buddy you know they 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 went back right back into their old routine I'm trying to look at the so he got a 17% target count so you know not crazy I mean, he had six targets. you know he just did a lot with the targets yeah two touchdowns six you know I wouldn't get too crazy no, and that's what I'm saying. It's not crazy, but it's he's still 4K. And six or seven targets from Aaron Rodgers is kind of like good for 4K. 
That's not like it's not he's not getting 11 targets, but he's six or seven. But I think it's also worth noting that the Bengals will have a hard time stopping Aaron Jones. They'll have a hard time slowing down Devontae. I, I well. think that's the key. I think that's the key. I think I think the play here is more the running back. So I like Jones in this matchup more than I like uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I like that side. I don't love this game. I think this game winds up being a little bit lower scoring than than the, the um, than the experts have it at the 51. So I could definitely see this, you know, in the 21-17, 24-20 type of game and not really a game stack that I'm going to um, that I'm, I'm going to want to be uh, too heavy involved in. So I like the running back here. I don't I don't like running back like you mentioned Cincinnati. I'm going to kind of avoid that whole mess of a, of a situation uh, there. And, you know, I kind of like pieces, like you said, Cincinnati, I've got a, it's a lot of guesswork there um, on, on which way to go, but I don't love it to the point where I need to feel like I have to, I could just avoid, uh, in, in, uh, in my opinion, I would avoid the, the situation altogether. I don't love the game on the whole. I mean, if I'm looking at your power ranking sheet, I understand why you don't love it. Um, as we look at the power ranking sheet right here, and I'm, I hope you guys who are watching this on video can see this, but it's got Green Bay projected for 84 total rushing yards and only 224 total passing yards and a, and a score of around 21 points. Actually, it's interesting. Your power ranking sheet kind of have these two teams closer yeah. to even. So it's it's not even saying, hey, bet the Packers here. It's kind of saying you might want to bet the well, Bengals. Take, take into account now, this. we're now finally looking at the four actual games that were played. And Green Bay had that atrocious. Green Bay is going to have a tough time on my rankings really climbing oh, with one that game, game. because yeah, they had one bad game against a team that hasn't looked very good, a team that just locked to the Giants, right? So it's all about who you played and and, and all that. So Green Bay is going to look a little worse. So if you want to give them a bump up, um, by all means, go ahead if you want to give them a pass on that game. But I'm not big on giving teams passes. Like, I, you know, I, I understand that was a unique situation. We're, we're kind of after the fact, we look at it and go, well, Aaron Rodgers hadn't played, you know, he hadn't been there all, all summer and, and yada, yada, yada. But that was an all, you know, it, Give them a pass. You want to add three points. How many points do you want to add for that pass? Maybe I mean, it's three, and we're right where the point spread is. That's where the three is, and and it is telling that it, the Bengals, who have had been decent this year, are not projecting well at all in this game. Again, ninety three rushing yards, and they don't have their lead rusher. Only one hundred ninety one passing yards. So while I think these numbers may be exceeded, even if they're exceeded, they need to be almost doubled to make this game worth um, rostering. So overall, the evidence suggests that this is more of a game. Outside of like a Devontae Adams who's always in play and always in a great spot, this feels like a game that's probably, and, and I put Aaron Jones in the mix, but beyond that, this is a game that feels a little bit more left to like GPP, you know, the five, 6% exposure levels, not like a, hey, let's focus our week around this game type of game. So I think, I think we're both in agreement that, you know, the game doesn't jump off the page uh, from a DFS play or a game stacks play by any stretch. All right, let's roll to the second of the core four games. And this one I think is going to be very, very popular. Maybe the most popular game on the slate. And maybe not. I don't, you know, you never know. I don't fucking know. Giants taking on the Cowboys. The Giants come in as seven-point road underdogs with a 52-point team total in this one. Game total, sorry. 52-point total. Now, John, Giants road seven points. You know, it's a division game. When you look at the betting angles here, 
Are you thinking like this is probably a spot to take a stab on the Giants just to hang in there? Certainly, I, I think they could win the game. I mean, I don't put it past them, but certainly maybe to keep this game close against a, a hated division rival. Yeah, I don't I don't love the game. That whole division rival thing gets gets over. That's very much like a, uh, a, a, a pundit. You know, the, the guys on TV love to throw that in there. Division. It, there's very little evidence when you start breaking down the numbers, like divisional games, conference games, you know, that those that those matter all that much in the NFL. It's baked in, it's baked into the line. That that said, this is this is like the classic no bet for me. Like I, I will not be on either side of this game. I think they hit the number right. What's interesting though is this this uh the total jumped about three points from where it would have been. And that's really based on the, what the Giants did this weekend. So now we're seeing this, you know, we probably wouldn't have had this had the Giants just gone in there and scored 10 points last week and got blown out, you know, uh, 30 to 10. But the fact that they went into uh, New Orleans, played really well, uh, win that game in overtime, that bumped the number up. So where it was going to be 49 is now at a 51 and a half uh, total. I mean, there's a couple of good defensive backs in this game, and we could probably try to predict what they're going to do and who they're going to be on. So the Giants, <clears throat> they've got um, Bradbury on their team, and I consider him to be one of the better defense. Shut down. He's one of the better defensive backs in the league. He will probably be on Amari Cooper for most of this game. On the flip side, the Cowboys have Trey Diggs, who has emerged pretty close to a star. Now, Diggs um, actually was burned quite a bit last week by the fuck did they play last week? I don't remember. Carolina. Yeah. By DJ Moore. Yeah. But he also got a, an interception and, and broke up a lot of passes. Just Carolina just focuses one guy so much that it, DJ Moore got there anyway. And it's a reminder that coverage doesn't matter that much, even elite coverage. So what if he got an interception? You know, the guy, you know, if, if they keep throwing to the wide receiver, eventually he's going to get his. And so that's going to be the Amari Cooper play. But on your Power ranking sheet here. It's interesting that the Giants are projected for 322 passing yards, whereas Dallas also a lot of passing yards, 298, which is great, but also 179. So a lot of rushing yards. So lots and lots of offense for the Cowboys in this slate. And the Giants, a lot of passing offense potentially um, that we might see here. So it does stand out from a DFS perspective as the kind of game to target. The, the Giants have been pretty bad sub uh probably about the in like the bottom 20 against running backs from a fantasy standpoint and just let me quickly look uh dallas dallas is the second best team uh point wise for running backs so that's a separate sheet but it's looking at this year's um this year's results so that's kind of confirming what we're seeing here so i do think we're going to get a heavy dose of running from dallas which may curtail the uh the offense a little bit or the uh the passing game a little bit but i don't think so i think i think we're going to get good game stacks here now also the giant number remember barkley is starting to come yes. into his own now i was so, going to bring that up that the that the power rankings don't account for the fact that barkley first healthy game was pretty much last week yeah you, you have to you have to take that into effect so you know, we know healthy Barkley, how good he can be. And I think we're getting there now at this point. So we're going to have to adjust um, the numbers accordingly here. But I think the Giants are going to be able to move the ball. Giants are going to be able to score in this game. So I do like game stacks and I like 
mixing in the running backs into those game stacks on both sides. Now, of course, you run into the situation in Dallas where the, they do have trust in their in their backup. Giants is going to be Barkley. Like, that's it. So, but Dallas, you know, I still like Zeke, but Pollard's going to take a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, going to take some few, a few touches away. You could even use, I, I didn't look at the prices yet because we're a little early on doing that. Uh, Zeke is wildly expensive. I assumed he would on, be. On FanDuel more than DraftKings. Like, actually, when I went through the FanDuel numbers, I think I think Zeke is like 7K on DraftKings, but 8K on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. And I, it's almost unplayable on FanDuel for me at that price because it's floating a little close to Dalvin Cook and, and Derrick Henry. Not It's not there yet, but it's, it's, it's getting closer to the zone. And, and those two guys, Henry and Dalvin Cook, if they're doing it right, are 25 to 30 touches a game where Zeke is going to seed 40% of his touches to Pollard. He's never going to get you 25, 30, or he won't in this game. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, but you know, just kind of a quick glance. This, this is, this could be my favorite game of the, of the, uh, of the weekend. So yeah, this is where we want to focus some game stacks and there, and there could be, there's a couple other ones that we're going to go over as well, but yeah, they're, they're, it's, you know, and then we didn't even talk about tight ends in this in this game let me, let me we just have to talk quickly. about the giants tight end the fucking well we don't have to we we hate talking he's about fine <laughs> you know dalton schultz is tearing up the league right now it's like jarwin it's insane yeah so it's insane so just looking i'm gonna quickly look because i mean you don't really need my statistics for this but no, uh, he's torn it up and but, but he's torn it but the, there's you know outside of kelsey you know so kansas city and uh Tampa, because Gronk has had so many of those. Because they're like the third best team right now, or fourth best team at Men Philly, who have so, you know Goddard and, and so whatnot. So here's the problem with that. John. Here's my concern. You're right, right. The last few weeks they've gone to the tight end to the detriment of C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. When does that shift? So one of my concerns is Dallas. The last few weeks, when they've been able to run the football, have ran it a lot, right? They're just they're they're emphasizing it, which is concerning because in in a couple of those games, Dak is only getting 27, 24 um, attempts because they're just running it a ton. And, and contrast that to week one where Dak when they weren't emphasizing the run and Dak got like 50 targets in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's been to the detriment of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. And it's crazy because they're without Michael Gallup. So you would have thought that CeeDee Lamb and Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, not Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, when I always get it wrong, Cooper, would get more targets, but it hasn't materialized. And I think it's, an, and it's instead they've gone to their tight ends. And it's like, dude, Dalton Schultz, fucking eight targets. You've got what? Dak. Dak's a really good quarterback, man. So he's going to find. You know, he's he's one of those guys who's just going to find the, the guys who are open, who who are, who are are playing well. He's got a ton of weapons, and uh, and he's pretty smart. So that's the trouble with those type of quarterbacks with that many weapons when you play that team. So it's advantage me in when uh when you're MMEing because I can play a lot of combinations of this game. Uh, if you're playing one, you know, it's a little more difficult. Just want to throw this out there, too. The Giants are, and let me bring it up, I believe the second worst team against uh, against the tight end so far this year. The Giants are, let me quickly look. Uh, yeah, so behind, they're, they're behind, like Houston's way out there, and then it's the Giants. So 
So you're saying I'm not chasing by playing Dalton Schultz? Yeah, well, that's the problem. I wanted to actually get a quick look at, like, have they just made his price ridiculous? I, um, I don't have it. Uh, let me. Year, let, I've, I've got it. it open here. I've got him. So what do you have that? Yeah, they did. You know, they jacked him up here. So 4,400 on DraftKings. Yeah, now he's priced. I mean, it's not even unreasonable, but he's definitely not a cheapie anymore. He's priced with the Tyler Higbees. Yep. Of the world. Um, Camel Camel mentioned Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram's getting six targets a game. I'm fine with that component of it. So if you want to play Evan Ingram, he's still cheap enough for the six targets that I think it's enough. But Evan Ingram's like a supreme fuck up. Evan Ingram is borderline reaching Ron Jones Jr. level unplayability um, in a sense that he just like, even when he has a chance, he will just do a mental screw up and fuck it all up. Yeah, we keep going right back to it. Yeah, yeah. We There's certain players that you kind of fall in love with the talent. And, you know, I, I've i seen – I'm like – I remember when he first came out, I'm like, boy, this this guy looks like just a big wide receiver. Like, he looks like he can't tackle him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done. He's broken my heart too many times. And, uh, look, you look at the Giants' numbers, they have not really used the tight end all that much. With Barkley back in the in the mix, I don't expect – uh, I don't expect big stuff here from from Anger. I, I expect a lot of Barkley, and the, they'll do just fine in the passing game. I think there's going to be enough yards to go around where um, with the wide receivers and Barkley, and I don't think Engram gets gets much in this game. We will definitely see, or we'll probably see Trey Diggs on Kenny Galladay. So I'm, I'm I don't know who they're going to throw to. We have to see if Sterling Shepard comes back. I know John Ross filled in for Slayton. I don't think they're any different of a player. So like one or the other, who cares? But, you know, if Sterling Shepard isn't back, that's where Evan Ingram was interesting for me last week, just because possession wide receiver wasn't with the team. So if he's not going to be there, great. Maybe they'll throw to the tight end, which they did, but he only got like three yards per reception. So, you know, even six targets last week didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, on the on the Cowboy side, I think you know I, I like on the on the Giant side, I like Barkley the best. I, I really like Saquon Barkley here. Yeah. Like you know, it's Dallas; they're not that good against the run. That's the guy who's going to get a lot of the work. It's just Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. Uh, if Sterling Shepard was back, I'd have some interest. And again, on the Dallas side, I mean, Zeke is priced up, I think, too much on Fanduel to be viable. I think you probably play him on DraftKings at seven K range. And then um, beyond that, of course, I'm waiting for the Cooper or the Lamb bounce back explosion game. It's going to happen. They're going to go like imagine a game like today, like the Giants are the worst versus the tight end. That's exactly the time when they'll just go back to CeeDee Lamb and CeeDee Lamb will be like putting up 30 plus. I'm like, how do we not play that guy? You know, what were we thinking? So I will play it so I don't have to tell me how will I not play that guy? Um, yeah, but I really like this game overall. All right, next up we've got San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. 49ers coming in as five-and-a-half-point road underdogs against the John-predicted winner of the NFC West themselves, Arizona Cardinals, preseason choice by Statsational to win the NFC West. It's looking pretty good right now. It was good value, you know. It wasn't like I necessarily. We and, yeah. and let's not let's not take victory laps in, in week five, but so far so good. Right. And in that fairness, was an impressive win. Just betting a wins the NFC West is not the same thing as predicting that they do win. Yes. It's more predicting that the minus 
800 odds that you were getting on that bet or minus 700 or whatever, or 650, whatever it was, is we have a better chance than those odds imply of them winning the division. Correct. And uh, yeah, no, we went over that in the preseason, but you got to be impressed with what they're doing right now. And, and defensively, right. They've looked pretty good. I mean, we were raving about how good that Ram offense was. They didn't, they couldn't do much against them. They've had a couple uh, of good defensive performance. Well, let's see what the power rankings say. Let's, let's look at the numbers. I hate well, believing what my, yeah, look at the is. numbers, but now you look, we just talked about how the line moved from the early opening line um, on the point spread. Now, both of these lines, actually, the spread and the uh, total, we talked about in the last game, that total based on how the Giants looked. We went up from like 49 and a half to 52. On this game, it's been the opposite, right? So this went from like 52 and a half down to 50. Also, Arizona was projected to be like a two and a half point favorite. They're now five and a half point favorites in this game. That's really all coming off based off of how good they looked last week. So that's a big jump um on the point spread there if they if they lost that game by you know a touchdown we'd be looking at arizona two and a half point favorites could Plus san francisco a- lost last week as well the quarterback situation that's not helping yeah could it be the lance situation that's really doing because that adds a little bit of uncertainty to this game it does I, I you know i think a lot of people were thinking um when we when we're looking at the numbers we look at uh you know the quarterback obviously changes the spread dramatically uh a lot of people were thinking before the season you know, Lance was better than Jimmy G. I know you're a big Trey Lance guy. I am a big, you know, in every fucking dynasty league I'm in, somebody has offered me some sort of trade for Trey Lance because I have him in all my leagues. And I find it funny that you think that I waited this long for the premiere of this weapon that's been waiting there in the wings. And the second he's ready to be unleashed on the world, I'm going to let him go. Like what? I've waited all this time for nothing. That ain't happening. No. Yeah. The answer was an emphatic no. Exactly. Or, or but, as wait, as as season long says has taught me, John. Yes. I never say no. I say he's available, but you need to give me an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> Actually, Gargano would 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 he uh, would enjoy he that. Would, yeah, he would the approve. Gargano show. He would yeah, approve listen, of that. Everybody, everybody's always available. There's a there's a there's a price for everybody, right? So everybody, you can always inquire. Time. Just don't insult me with the offers. I hate when people do that. Yeah. Don't insult, you, you insult me. Do you think I'm a moron? Yeah. So now getting back to this game and the line, first of all, what do you do when a, when a quarterback's premier? We don't really, we don't have a good understanding of kind of how the game's going to play out. It's a new first game for this guy. So what do you do in that situation? Is it like, no bet. I'm not fucking with it. Or do you say, Hey, you know, Arizona got a little bit of like that, that juice coming in from last week. Maybe they're on a letdown. The perfect time for a letdown. You beat the Rams. You're feeling on top of the world. Everybody's telling you you're the best team. You're the best MVP, Russell Wilson. And that's that feels like when the letdown happens. Kyler Murray, MVP. What did I say? Ru- yes. Why? Because they're both short. That's am they're, I they're both little guys who can run around. Are you saying bit. that I'm 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 I just judge them based on their heights? Yes, you did. So I love my short guy. I love. I don't know. Guy. I don't know if his hands if his hands are as big as Russell Wilson. We haven't seen. I, I don't know that for sure. I know Russell Wilson has mitts on him, but uh, but yeah. Listen, that's a phenomenal short, win. My shorties, uh, <laughs> Russ, Rondell. We, we all got to stick together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm I'm in the same boat, man. The five so. seven crew. We got to stick together. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm. This is a game. This is a this is a sort of a classic betting game now I, I do wish jimmy g was playing the line i'm guessing would probably be about four 
uh, which would be maybe three and a half here. You think it would be? Uh, you think it would be lower? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. you're not getting you. You see, that's the thing. Like people think, like you're you're improving right now. Now you might you very well maybe, but that's not the mark. But we don't know that, right? Maybe in a year from now for sure. Tomorrow, Sunday, who knows? I don't know. You're you know what you're getting with uh, with Jimmy G, and Jimmy G gets gets knocked. He's not that bad a quarterback, um, but you know he's not the exciting. He ain't that he's not, good. He's, he's not that right, but you can win with him with the right defense. Now that's back to you know from a fantasy standpoint, this defense hasn't been all that great. You you're not anticipating fifty plus totals in San Francisco games, but this is where we're at. Now, like I said, again, this total has come down, and I think that's again it's a combination of the quarterback and Arizona's defense playing fairly well. I like I do like San Francisco. Uh, as a lean here in this game. I like the points. I think it's too many points. Um, and I think there's a, a little bit of an exaggeration overreaction to the market. Um, I, You know, I like Arizona, but I'm not sure that they are deserved of a five and a half point uh, number here in this game. So I think it's a little too much. I think this is going to be a tighter game than uh, we expect. I like that game. I like, you know, San Francisco coming off a, a pretty poor game. Arizona coming off the game of their life. Uh, I like that spot. Yeah, you usually want to go the opposite way in that scenario. I get it. Um, from a DFS angle, a couple of interesting notes. And there's a lot of interesting notes in this game. Actually, when I first thought, I was like, I want to stack it up. And then you start to look at the game, and you're like, maybe I don't like stacking this one up that much because it's hard to nail down where some of the offense is going to come from, especially on the Arizona side. But let's let's start with the 49ers. Debo Samuel, an absolute volume machine to start the season was in the nuts last week. You had to have him in your lineup um, to take down tournaments last week. And he is getting an absolutely disgusting, um, you know, 35% target share. Last week you saw George Kittle's target share pop to 31%, which is great. That's what we, we dream about with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Oh, forgotten man. This, this situation is not good. Not good. I don't know what's going on with Ayuk here. The sample size is starting to get large enough to be like, hey, we're not we're not there yet. We're not we don't have enough sample, but we're inching towards that level where we're like, is this Kendrick Bourne part two? Is this like another time they're just not going to throw to this guy? And he was just good last year, but he fooled us. This guy was going multiple rounds ahead of um, Debo Samuel. In fantasy leagues just a couple weeks ago when they were being drafted. So the common denominator, the man, not me, we we said to take Debo Samuel. I have him on all my teams. Thank goodness he helped me win last week. But you know, the the average fantasy football prognosticator had Ayuk above Debo Samuel. So what the hell's going on there? Don't know. The other issue that I've got with this game is. The running game now for the 49ers side is very sketchy. You know, Elijah Mitchell, John, will be back this week. And from what I saw out of Trey Sermon, they did run him 18 times last week. God bless them for doing that. He didn't get a touchdown. It was unfortunate. Hurt my teams. I played a little bit of him. But they they clearly do not trust him in the game if they're going to throw the football. They don't. And it's very clear. Targets, zero last week. Not only that, he wasn't on the field 
at all for passing downs. He came off the field. So he was only on the field for 51% of the touches. In his place, they had Kyle Juszczyk. I think Elijah Mitchell might come in this week and be the starter. I think he might be the number one back and a guy who might also get passing game work. So I don't think that the people who wasted all their fob on Elijah Mitchell are actually wasted their fob or are donkeys. I think there's a chance that Elijah Mitchell, I'm I'm leaning to that Elijah Mitchell will be the primary back in this week's game. I don't know that the field will be on that same thought process. And I definitely think he might be like a really cheap, interesting piece that no one will be on um, this week. You know, that that Detroit game, though, he he had zero targets in the receiving game. Yeah, he doesn't get, no. Um, who, Mitchell? Yes. Yeah, that zero. him either. But he was yeah, on the it's... field. He was oh, on yeah, the yeah, field. Yeah. That yeah. was the difference. He was on the field for the passing downs. They didn't throw to him. But with Sermon, the minute it's a definite, like they don't want him pass protecting at all. That's what I thought. I, you know, again, I'll watch the game again. If, if I miss something where he was out there, for some, I mean, I'm sure he was out there for a couple of passing plays, but they brought in use check for the most part when it was a passing play. And they might, they might do that with Mitchell too. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it's definitely, I, I don't trust you to protect, uh, pass protect. So I have to go back and watch that, uh, the Detroit game. I wasn't home you know what, uh, for that game. I'm going to go back and, and just take a look at that. But the fact that he got zero targets, you know, you really, especially in today's, today's football, you want running backs who catch the ball. I mean, that's, that's critical. I mean, Derek, uh, uh, you know, Henry now is catching footballs. Like that's just making this oh. total animal just unstoppable, right? How much so, better? How much better is a pass catching Henry? Oh, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, you know, so that's what we need. So now you're so limited. If you're if you're not catching any balls, you've got to rush for 100 yards and you got to put one in the end zone. Two. So it, it maybe two. Yeah, depending on on the the price of these guys. So it's it, it's asking a lot now when you don't get those three, four, five catches for 30, 40 yards. Um, so the running back situation, I mean, it's hard to believe. San Francisco, I'm looking at the numbers here. I've got, they're the sixth worst, uh, sixth worst in points for the running back position so far this year on my numbers. And, you know, you're down there with teams like, uh, you know, Cincinnati, my, uh, uh, Miami. Miami's, uh, Miami's the worst of them all. They yeah. Have to be last. Miami is both, you know, Baltimore's actually last. No, both Baltimore would be number one. Yeah, no. Points four. No, that's running back, not rushing, but running back. Oh, Baltimore's yeah. last for running backs? Yeah, the running backs haven't the running backs haven't gotten any points. It's been all it's Lamar. Been all Lamar. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So yeah, it's 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 you know, teams the top teams are like Dallas and Tennessee, you know, teams like that. So yeah, the points are not – that's nothing that we would have – like, you wanted – I mean, when I was drafted season long, you want Sam it was like – running back. I was just drafted. Yeah. That's why I have Mitchell on, on one of my deep teams. You know, I drafted him before the season. I'm like, just give me – you know, I drafted Moser, and I'm like, give me give me Mitchell. Hasn't really worked out that way. And and quite frankly, you know, we've, we've learned a lot about Shanahan and how he – you know, he's, I guess, more of a disciplinarian hard-ass than we, than we thought. That's why – I mean, I am not fond of Ayuk here. I think he's proven enough. You, they've had some really good matchups, so no. you're not going to get it done in those matchups. Arizona's actually been better, including right? with a hobbled, you know, George Kittle and a couple of them. Where you're like, yeah, they're going to throw to Ayuk. 
Yeah, definitely concerns. And and worse with Trey Lance in there because Trey Lance is going to steal the tutties by the goal line. So there's a lot of risk with these San Francisco running backs for sure. And, and sliding over to the Arizona side, you know, it's always difficult to nail down the pass catchers because they play four wide in Arizona more than any team in the league. This is the team in the league with four wide receivers on the field more than anybody else. Buffalo is in that range, but it's been Arizona who's been the top. And actually now they're mixing in the tight end, Max Williams, who actually I think is a very good play. I think Max Williams has now become a legitimate part of the offense, which is interesting. Like he's real. He's a real player that is getting targeted. And we have to accept now that Max Williams is a thing. All right. Fine by me. Um, at the top end, Connor falling into miracle good games. I am not going near that situation, but I mean, he's a goal line back and he's gotten two touchdowns. I think the last couple of weeks, or at least one touchdown last week and maybe two the week before and almost no yards. As far as um, the rest of the pass catchers go, I mean, it's a dice roll. Rondell Moore, Kirk, Christian Kirk, AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins, all really kind of splitting similar looks. Christian Cook, a disaster last week, but on the season, he's pretty much the same as Rondell Moore and Max Williams with actually A.J. Green having been pretty damn useful for about the cheaper, just cheaper, cheaper than Moore and Kirk all season. It's been A.J. Green who's been useful. And DeAndre Hopkins, because of the spread of the football, has for me become borderline unplayable until his salary on DraftKings or FanDuel comes down to a level that's appropriate for his actual target share in the offense. So DeAndre Hopkins, to pay all the way up to 7,500 to get a 20% target share guy, dude, that's not going to win you any money in DFS most weeks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's. I think he's being priced on reputation right now. Um, that's right. That's the worst. How do you how do you have a guy who was 7,700 last week have you know, ten, you know 10 points? basically 11 points, whatever it is, and then drop them a hundred bucks. Like, because the, the Kyler stack people want to play Deandre with him, even though why would you play eight target low a dot Deandre Hopkins when Devante Adams is there at the same price? Like you got to just play Devante at that point because he's getting 12 targets and a much deeper um, depth of target. Dude, we we seen we've seen how bad the Tennessee defense is, and I and I told you that last week. Um, you know the Jets were going to put some points up. He basically he scored two touchdowns in week one. Like this was the only week that he had a good week, right? Against uh, Tennessee, Hopkins. yeah. But he still only had eighty three yards on eight targets, right? He he gets he gets one touchdown there. You know, it's like it it's totally different. So it took two touchdowns in that game on eight targets for him to to be uh, useful. Not He's not getting the targets. I would be, you know, at that price, you have to be very hesitant. Not saying he can't have a blow-up game. It could happen, but you're going to be much better off in the long term here fading those type of plays. That's an interesting question. Should I trade Lockett for A.J. Brown straight up? Man, I hate to make a trade for an injured player is is my, the only concern I have. I, I'm going to say no. I, I would mean, say I'd never make trades for injury because you just never know how serious the injury is. Yeah. They wind up like nagging all year. The guy doesn't come back. Season long fantasy football. There's no, this isn't dynasty. Like, you know, yeah. two, three weeks pass and you don't have a guy there. You're, you're out of the playoffs. So 
I probably would not make that trade, even though AJ Brown was certainly taken multiple rounds ahead of him. So, all right, that'll do it for that for that game. Let's jump over to our surprising fourth game of the core four. And before we go to the core four fourth game, I want to mention that NBA is starting up and it's the perfect time to sign up for the core four membership at DFS Army. That's right. I worked it in, John. I worked it in. You're a magician. I uh, this I'm getting better at the hosting. The core four membership at DFS Army covers the core four sports, football, basketball, baseball, golf. You know what's going on simultaneously today? Football, basketball, baseball, golf. You get all four sports on the core four. All four sports on the core four. We can make a really long rhyme with this thing. I know that's that's your thing, man. I'm gonna I now. Yeah. I want to take it further, but this is live streaming. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Do you, all right, I'm not gonna do it. I could give you like a human beatbox, and then you could just wrap over. No, no. Yeah. All I'm saying is the core four membership at DFS Army covers all four core four sports. What more could you ask for than the core? No, I'm not going there. It's forty nine ninety nine. You can use my promo code Geek. It's ten percent off. That's forty four dollar forty four. for the core four. All four sports happening simultaneous. Go sign up at the FS Army. Use my promo code geek if you're not signed up now. Josh wants me to drop the button. Please no. You gotta be you gotta be here for the players club for that. You gotta be VIP. You gotta be you gotta be in the you gotta be in the crew. But go get signed up at the FS Army. It's it's a perfect time for that because we got all four sports happening simultaneously right now and we have a membership broken out it's the best deal in the industry and of course you want to join the winners why wouldn't you want to join dfs army that's how we do it we crush in dfs army all of these sports all right the fourth game on the core four it's a little surprising john and i had a long debate about this before we started the game plan show we're going with bucks dolphins Dolphins on the road, 10-point underdogs. Taking on a Bucks team that, you know, they're coming off the weird game at Patriots where the refs were really trying hard to give the game to the home team, the Patriots, home field advantage. But the reason that this makes the list, aside from the fact that you could see anytime Tom Brady's a, a massive favorite, you can definitely see him styling, throwing touchdown after touchdown to, the, um, to his playmakers is because the box defense has been pretty bad. Now, um, defensively, there there are issues over there in the secondary. Not against the run, but Miami doesn't care. They don't run the football. They don't have a running back that's a real running back. They don't even bother to try running the football. So it's irrelevant that the Bucs are a great defense against the run because Miami doesn't run the football, as you can see here in the power rankings. Wait, John, did you see it yet? No, I mean, I... I, I posted it, but I, I didn't right. study it. What, what I'm, was it? I'm gonna I'm gonna have you guess the number before I'm not gonna go over to it. <laughs> How many yards are predicted for Miami in this game? Ah, uh, they're probably at like 60 or 70, something like that. Think again. <laughs> How bad is it? You're massively over. I yeah, want you to I mean Tampa just doesn't give up any yardage. Give me a comical number. Well, the comical number would be like in the 30s or something like that. 
It's lower. Is it really? I didn't see. Oh, wow. Like 20 yards up there. Yeah, scroll, the, the, scroll up. Scroll the, up. Where is it? The Dolphins are projected for 20 rushing yards in this game. By the way, is there a prop that I can fucking bet against? I, I'm going to look that up right after this game for Miles Gaskin rushing. I don't know. I already bet last week. The easiest bet I've ever cashed over at Sharp Bets, John, was Damian Snacks, uh, Snacks Harris under 54 yards on Monday night on that Tampa game where they played against Tampa. You know how many yards he got? Minus four. Minus four would usually win you a prop. There was no sweat. I was like, minus 54 yards? I'm like, oh, we're in the third quarter. Where's he at? Oh, he's at minus four? Okay, I think we're looking pretty good on this bet. Yeah, it's definitely now we're going to find whatever the Miles Gaskin rushing prop is, and we're going to bet the under. It's going to sound so low. It's going to be like, oh, Miles Gaskin, 36 yards, huh? Uh, over under. And it's like, oh, they're begging me to bet the bet the under. Under. Can't run on Tampa. So <laughs> with all of that said, any betting angle stand out to you in this game? The 48 point total. I mean, I think it's going to be Jacoby Brisket at the at the helm. I don't even think that matters. I don't make it make it worse. Will Fuller, big Willie style. He is out for this game, and it looks like the Miami offense has been actually flowing through. Waddle, Parker was the guy last week, and Mike Gusecki, who no one's paying attention to, a second incredible week in a row um, under the brisket regime. From a gambling, uh, sports betting perspective, you're looking at 10. This, it's pretty much was going to be there, like 9.5 open at 10 now. Um, I think the worry you have to have on the Tampa side is, is there a letdown Sunday night, massive emotion in that game for Brady. You don't typically look for letdown games from Brady. Um, so you, you might want to kind of dismiss that. They didn't look great in that game. I personally, I don't think it had anything to do with Belichick when it was wet. He threw the ball like crap. Uh, it dried up there late in the game and he looked pretty good. Wait, so you, I, you know I, what? I don't think this was a Belichick thing. You know what I thought happened? You know? Back in the in the Patriots days, when when it was wet out, Belichick knew make sure those footballs that's a right. softer, let a little air out, right? But Bruce Arian, he doesn't pull that those shenanigans. So Brady's out there like, why is this ball so hard? Doesn't Bruce know that I have a unspoken directive to deflate these footballs? You know what I'm saying? Like no one was there to deflate the balls. It's not okay. Yes. How many sharp downloads did we lose just now by um, mentioning Deflategate? I hate. I. I. You might have lost me. <laughs> I hate the topic as well. I'm like, oh, what a what a waste of a topic that was. Uh, that of like two years worth of listening to that nonsense. Um, but yeah, the listen. He he just looked back. I was sitting with my mom last week. She went back home watching fantasy football. You know, my mom watching football, and my mom is in fantasy a season long league. Is like take the worst person, like your the friend who's like the worst to watch sports with, who plays fantasy, who has every play in every game is about their fantasy team, and then that's my mom times ten. Yes, she. My mom was my mom was down about six. I don't know. She was down like ten points. She had Mike Evans, Herbert, and Carson going. I go, you you, you would need an earthquake in California and Evans to break his ankle in the first quarter for you not to win this game. She's rooting. For Evans at like every every pass that did not go to Evans, she was bitching and moaning. And she was <laughs> complaining that Brady was too amped up. He was throwing everything high. 
it was it, it was comical. It was, it was tough to watch. But comical. how am I not how am I not in a league with your mom? She sounds like the best. I can. League I, I, I you know next year next year I want to make that happen. She she loves it. She loves yeah. it. So um, and then she likes to tell me how soft some of the, you know that's why she drafted Montgomery who then winds up getting hurt because he's not soft. Yeah. So uh, I said, hey, listen, if you can tell me who who's going to get injured, we'll make a billion dollars together. So because she was mocking my uh, Mixon. I have Mixon oh, in we, one of my we all We all knew Mixon was getting hurt before you drafted him. And so, did, and so did my mom, apparently. So We all knew that. I know. I know. I know. But, um, so so let's get into this game here. So, wait. New England, Houston? What the fuck is this? That's not what I want. Um, where are we? Tampa? Yeah, Tampa, Miami. Okay, yeah, so, so, I mean, that's the... So, I think from the betting, I think you could look at that. But I, I don't I don't put too much weight in, in, uh, in that with Tom Brady. I don't think you're going to get too much of a letdown with Brady. Plus, they... They didn't look all that great. I think they want to come out and and look a little bit better in this game, and and they certainly can. But I think there's a lot of concern here. This is not the team from last year. There's concerns here. Um, if anything, that line's going to be a little bit high for my liking, and I think the total's a little low. So I can see this game going over, just because I don't I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Tampa's played some decent offenses, but last week, you know, I mean, that New England offense is not very good. Now, not that they put up a bunch of points, but I think the weather had something to do with it. But he looked. You know, he he was throwing the ball fairly well against that defense. Sherman, you know, I mean, he should have stayed wherever he was. Not uh, good. Not a know. good, not a good showing. It's bad. For, and then for, they had another injury. It's it's so the Bucks. So John, what you're getting at is the Bucks secondary is a fucking disaster. Okay. Now that's just reality. They are a disaster show right now. Um, the high chief Jamel Dean not playing. Richard Sherman's out there. He was not, he wasn't even on a team last week. Other injuries in the secondary, real trouble for Tampa in the secondary right now. Not, not from a, they're not going to be good this season point of view, but just from a, Hey, they got a bunch of injuries right now. I even think Sherman will come around and, you know, he'll get a little practice and he'll be better. He's a good player. I don't think Sherman is a finished player. I think he's a good player. Um, you know, Where's Stefan Gilmore going to land? That's going to be interesting. To He's see in Carolina. Well. I believe Carolina. Someone told me he was Did going to Carolina. They already signed him? What the fuck? I don't know. I, I didn't see any official note, but someone messaged me. Now, I've been, I've, I've gotten some fake news from him before, but he he was saying that they were going to sign him. <laughs> so we'll see. The fake newsy. Yes. But All right. So let's talk a little bit of um, DFS angle. So the one thing that we can count on for Miami is they do have an elite cornerback in I can't whose name escapes me right now Xavier uh, uh I can't his name escapes me right now that's a problem for me but they have an elite cornerback I will Xavier Howard Xavier Howard I would say Xavier Xavier Rhodes it gets twisted in my brain space Xavier Howard elite cornerback probably gonna be on Mike Evans but there's no definitive like way to say he definitely will the what I've seen from the Bucks this season is they do move um, the players around, like I even saw Mike Evans working out of the slot a little bit last week. So they're moving the guys around. I'm not sure you can count on one or the other. He could be on, he could be on um, Godwin just as much. So it's not gonna be that easy to predict on Tampa side, which wide receiver to kind of go with. I think the best of them might be Antonio Brown. He's just always pretty good. And he's always underpriced relative to the others. And Antonio Brown gets as many targets as maybe more targets than Godwin or Evans in most games. So um for some reason, the salary for Antonio Brown is the cheapest of the three. I'm interested in him. On the Buck side, though, the player that I love the most is Uncle Lenny Fournette. And a big reason why I love him is because when I mentioned Fournette in the first look lineup this week, John, I had people in the chat 
talking about, oh, you can't trust Fournette. He's no, it's not. They switch back and forth. And my thought was, do they? Because that was a thing maybe last year, but the version of the Bucks this year without Gio Bernard is very Fournette heavy, is 82% last week Fournette heavy. And that's some numbers that I like. They try to force feed Ron Jones the football, but you can see when he, Ron Jones comes in the game, mistakes are being made, blocks are being missed. They, they, he is a mental problem. He's a guy that makes mental errors when he's in the game. And I keep thinking he's going to outgrow it. And, you know, because the talent is there as a runner, but he hasn't outgrown it. And now it's too many years. It's too many years of the mental mistakes. So Lenny Fournette has been the guy. He's getting a ton of targets. They definitely don't throw to Ron John. And with Gio Bernard out, I just think that Fournette is in a great smash spot against the Miami defense. Can't stop the run. He's super cheap. Look at the numbers here. Um, FanDuel, 6,400. DraftKings, 5,200. That is the bottom end of any sort of running back group. And I don't think that many people are going to be on him. I really don't. I still yeah. think there's this, this. I mean, it's the perfect spot. Massive favored team running back. That's that's who we play. Um, yeah, there we go. You, 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 nailed, you, nailed, you nailed the whole thing here, right? This is what's crazy is this is right now. They're the worst run. They're the worst team fantasy wise against the running back so far Miami yeah playing the best I believe they're the best team right now I don't, I don't think anyone's better um in Tampa so Tampa yes is the best team against the run Cleveland's right behind them fantasy points so this is interesting which is why I do like the I do like wide receivers here it's it's just such an odd team right now Tampa because they they just have not lost a step against the run and you can throw on this team they are the worst team against wide receivers right now Fantasy wise, Kanger just steps into pour cold water on my interest in Fournette. If Geo comes back, I'm much less interested in Fournette. So no, he's not a lock. If if Geo is back, then I'm much less interested in Lenny. Lenny is exciting because Geo is out and he's getting all the targets. If Geo comes back, he, Lenny's still playable because Geo's more of a we're behind. Let me bring in the third down back situation. Um, I don't think that'll happen in this game. I think Tampa's going to be playing from ahead. I've also got to address this trade question. No, don't trade those two for DeAndre Hopkins. Keep Swift on your team. Um, so, yeah, this is the issue. Jones, pass protection, not good. I, I mean, that was the issue. You watched him in the game against the Patriots, missing blocks. Like, I saw it with my own eyes, the the um, the missing missing those blocks. So it's really, really important. to and, and now flipping over to Miami side, we already know don't touch Gaskin, don't touch Brown, don't touch any running back, 20-yard projection. The other thing we know is that Tampa stops the run, which means the opposing team is forced to throw the football. So either you think that Miami is going to gain no yards in this game, nothing, or even if they gain 200 yards in total the entire game, that means that, 200 yards has to be spread out between Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, there's no Will Fuller, these other guys are just a bunch of turds, or Mike Gusecki, and that's it. So it's a really interesting dynamic on the Miami side of this game. Yeah, Gusecki, the last two weeks, has seen a target spike. He is looking good, 4,200. I, I liked him last week. And I like him more this week. They did not raise the salary on DraftKings very much. All things considered, I think it was 4K last week on DraftKings. 
So they didn't raise it very much. And Don Ramos, see, I like that you're saying it's gross because what if I showed you, hold on, let's, you know what? I'm going to show it because um, until you play him, you don't notice this, right? Let me show you. Let me show you what he's done the last two weeks because Gusecki, all we think about is the last couple of years, right? We're like, oh man, how many times has he given me a zero? But six targets, 12 targets, six targets, 16.7, 18.6. And this game, and we could throw it out. It was Buffalo and that horrible game. And then before that, it was Tua. He He's getting you 15 to 20 this week, Gusecki. If that guy gets me 15 to 20, I'm doing fucking backflips for he's get He's getting it this week. It, I am doing backflips for that number. So just to be clear, what we know is you cannot run the football against Tampa and with a bad secondary. They're going to be throwing because you have no other possible hope of moving the football it doesn't mean they're going to be successful throwing it, but they'll probably have some success. And if they just throw for 200 yards, it's really just split between these three guys. So they're all playable. They're all cheap. Jalen Waddle's cheap. They're all playable. That's yeah. This is a very unusual game stackable game because probably you're going to want to be on the, the Tampa side as your main side, but you can come back. There's going to be pieces that are going to be yes. really worthwhile on the other side of this game. I'm not trying to start Jacoby Brissett no. as my quarterback this week. Um, but I'm interested in if I'm if I'm playing some players or even just a little ping pong situation. Again, if if um Gio is out, I might do a Lenny sort of Gisecki mini stack. I think I'm open to any one of the wide receivers, a little Antonio Brown, maybe bring it back with Waddle. Like some of these cheap ones, you're going to see as we go through the rest of these games that there are some incredible spots for running backs that we're going to want to pay up for. So paying attention to cheap tight ends and cheap wide receivers that might deliver on a week where there's not like supremely obvious value smash spots, but rather kind of looking at these secondary approaches like, hey, what if we played Jalen Waddle? Like no one's playing Jalen Waddle under 5K. What if I combined him with 5,300 Leonard Fournette? when everybody's paying up. So, and, and it adds some affordability. It lets me play Derrick Henry. It lets me play Dalvin Cook. So we're going to, we're going to see those other games and how that all matches up. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on from the core four? I would say the 10, you, you could look at Braid as well. Oh yeah. Cameron B. So. Cameron Braid for sure. He didn't have the biggest game ever last week, but he clearly, I'll show the matchups page again. Braid clearly showed himself to be, the preferred um, tight end from a targets perspective, him and OJ Arenthal, James Howard um, were both on the field for 65% of the snaps, but only essentially one target. What I remember for Howard it wasn't red zone target in the end zone. He missed it. Um, only one target for him and 14% target share for Brait, which tells you all you need to know. He's the, he's the tight end that they throw to. Perfect. All right, let's move on from the core four, and we'll go through the rest of the games on the slate um, a little more, a little brief. And actually, I, I do want to mention this first game, John, because this was a debated core four special. The Jets, my beloved Jets, taking on the Falcons at the Falcons, three-point spread. Essentially, the odds makers are telling us these two teams are the same, which is interesting. Again, almost daring us to bet the Falcons at home minus three, John. They're daring you to do it. Do you take the bait? Are you taking the bait? 
listen, I had the Jets last week. People thought I was insane. You thought I was nuts. I said it was crazy. And but that's why you fucking crush bets. And that's why you're giving out bets over at Sharp App. And I'm over here talking about fantasy football. Yeah, the I, this particular game, I have no interest uh, from a betting standpoint. But last week, you know, Tennessee is just, just – Tennessee is just not that good. And then with the injuries the, and they play no defense – we I finally think got to see last the, week was them not having Tennessee not having the wide receivers and it kind of made their offense one one dimensional. It made it one dimensional, which was great for fantasy wise because it was all about Henry last week. But you know, if you can't score on Tennessee, then you, that's it. You're not going to score. We said that last week. Like we have all we have those situations a lot. Like if not this week, then when? I told you that about Wilson. I'm like he'll he'll do okay here this week. They'll put some points up and, and they did. Um, in this game, let me let me kind of let me bring up what I've got from a, um, from a ranking standpoint. Yeah, hang on. I'll, bring up, I'll bring up the power rankings here so that we're all on the same page. What's interesting what? is these are two of the worst teams. Like, so defenses against these two teams have scored the most points. Um, I, let me see if, if that's, it's, if it's, it's not bad. the most, it's, it's up there. So Atlanta and no, that's it. These are the two teams who've given up the most point to defenses uh, on the year. Now we know defensive points are a little bit, um, you know, they're a little volatile. They're not as predictable as other, um, as some other positions, but that has a lot to do with the fact that you've got a quarterback giving up touchdowns, you know, a lot of interceptions and the propensity for, you know, you have the chance for, for pick sixes on the, on the Jets side. Um, a note it, on what people are seeing on screen, both the Jets and uh, Atlanta are teams with negative, um, with negative, uh, numbers, on their offense, offensive passing minus defensive passing, which essentially means neither one of these teams have been very good to include in team stacks. The Jets side, because the Jets don't score very much, and actually they've been okay defensively this year. And on Atlanta side, they've actually just not been in these high-scoring games for whatever reason. The Atlanta, so the Atlanta wide receivers, not good. Um, so let me see where they rank here. Um, yeah, so they've been... You know, on average, minus three point seven points um, below their opponent. What their opponents give up, if that makes any sense to you guys. But they haven't been good with their running backs situation. Their running backs are underneath the the average, even worse. Quarterback hasn't been good. So I mean, this is just an ugly, ugly game. So I don't expect a lot of points in this game, which is why I didn't really like it as uh, as a core four. Just you know, I, the Jets. Um, the Jets have actually been uh, defensively, at least, have been pretty good against other opposing teams' quarterbacks, primarily because they've been losing games. So they've they've, they've not been in a situation where teams, you know, the teams are kind of running the ball out on them. But um, the Jets running backs against the Jets, like that's where you could kill them. But has Atlanta done anything on the ground? Like not a, not a whole lot, except so. Here's the thing: so you got the uh, Patterson. How long does that continue with Patterson? Like, listen, I picked up Patterson in one of my season long leagues a few weeks ago. Just as a, I needed it, right? He was, he was a, he was my backup pick because I didn't get Mitchell in that league. But when you look at the numbers, like he just did a whole lot with what he was. I think he was maybe thirty three percent of the of the snaps or something like that. It was a very small percentage. It was His not efficiency he he was unbelievable. A, he got wait, no, not Jared. Fuck no, Jared. I don't know who that is. What? Cordero. Oh, have just one one Patterson in his name. Where where the hell is Cordero? Where is he? 
Oh, oh, that game is in the morning. Is that the? Oh, there, that's a morning game. So why are we? Oh, talking about why are we talking about? I'm looking God for it myself. It. I'm like, we don't talk about morning games. I forgot. All right, there it is. Forget that game. The game sucks anyway. Screw that game. You're out. All right, but glad yeah, we didn't I, make I, it a core four. Jeez. I know. Egg on the face. Like, what? That's right. I forgot about that. Okay. That, that's nine thirty, right? Yes. Well, people are interested in that game, but it's not appropriate for this show. Not no. on the main slate. Fuck them. All right, let's move on from that game. Cordero Patterson, though, I was going to say, if he probably can do it one more week, but he did it on on like seven or eight touches last week. So um, yeah. I think he could do it one more time, but, you know, uh, look for that efficiency to start going down. But if I have my season-long league, I'm playing him. Playing it. All right, let's talk about this next game. Lions-Vikings. Divisional rivalry. Vikings at home. 49-point total. Vikings favored by eight and a half. Now, the Lions are bad. Like, they've played some close games. Is this the time when you jump right back on the Lions and say, hey, you know, yeah, you're not that good, but you can cover? Or are you sort of jumping ship and thinking this is that time when, you know, Cousins and company, uh, eight and a half is a big number. Big number, nine in a lot of places, really, uh, if you look. so you, Hey, you, if you shop it really yeah. well, you can actually yeah. find it on DraftKings at eight. So exactly, eight, it's nine. You know, shop your Lions, people. Do not... That's what the Sharp app is for, by the way. Go on the Sharp app, Sharp shop your lines because you're going to get better lines if you just pay attention. Very important. Yeah, absolutely. This is to me. This is there's only one side you could bet on this game. You're either taking Detroit or you're passing on this. I'm not laying eight and a half, nine points here, eight, even eight points. I'm not laying that with uh, with the Vikings uh, in this game. And if you watch the Survivor pick, now this is actually a, a one of the potential games that you're going to want to take uh, in Survivor, just because Minnesota's got very limited chances in the future. So if you watch that Survivor podcast, um, from that standpoint, I like Minnesota. You get a lot of leverage in Survivor pools. So check out check out that podcast over at. Sharp. That's just is that just a leverage a leverage situation? The leverage play because there are some other spots here like the Bucks that maybe look a little. little yeah, better. so the Bucks are a little bit better. They're only a point better on on the on the spread, but you're gonna you've got like five or six more opportunities to take them. Like. If you look at Minnesota's schedule, this is about it. Their next best game is on the road at Detroit. So let's just take them at home and win that game, hopefully, and 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 move on. Uh, but I go into great detail in the podcast. Hopefully, uh, you guys check that out. But but the um, yeah. So from a betting standpoint, I don't I don't love this game. Uh, forty nine. Let me see where this line opened um, on the total forty. That's what I thought. Forty eight and a half, and it's kind of gone up a uh, half point to. Uh, half point to a point. I mean, last week was interesting for, for Minnesota. I fully, I expected Minnesota to score a lot more points in that game against Cleveland. But what I was shocked, I think I wasn't as shocked, but I think what shocked a lot of people was Cleveland not being able to score any points on uh, Minnesota. Because Minnesota's not known to be a good defense at all. That was a game, like people wanted to target that game and I didn't like it um, as a play in DFS. Strictly because I just don't I don't believe in the offense. I don't believe in the Cleveland offense. The Minnesota offense would be really good to us. So, but that Cleveland defense is not is not terrible. Um, let me kind of let me bring up where I've got them this week as far as the matchup from a fantasy point uh, perspective and what we're seeing. No shock here, right? So the 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 thing that stands out to me when I look at my numbers is the running backs for both on both sides of this game, right? So that's and again that's no shock, but we're also triggering pretty high 
at wide receiver for Minnesota. So everything's favoring Minnesota. When you have a 10, you know, eight to 10 point spread in a game like this, you kind of think it's going to be all about the running backs in this game more so than, uh, than the, them. I mean, the, the way I look at it, Minnesota's defense isn't very good. Just period. They're not that good either. Detroit, particularly bad, but Minnesota, not that good either. So I look at both of these teams and I just say, I think their better players are going to eat a little bit here. That's, that's kind of how I'm approaching the game. I like it from a fantasy scoring perspective. Um, obviously Dalvin cook is in a unicorn spot. He's in one of those, like, you can't really get much better than this at home, massively favored. Um, you know, as long as he's healthy, Dalvin cook is Dalvin cook is one of those players that seems to go in the tent injured like every single week. Um, so be, you know, buyer beware on Dalvin cook every time, but when he's out there for a full game and he gets you the 25 touches that he does when they feed him, he's, you know, he's a 30 fantasy point guy. And this is one of those games where he can score the 30. I think in DFS this week, you're going to be deciding between him and Derrick Henry in a lot of lineups. They're, they're both so good. You're going to see when we talk about Derrick Henry, they're both so good. You're just going to be deciding between these two guys. For the rest of Minnesota, I'm going to lean Justin Jefferson as I do every week. Just I think he's the better talent. And we've seen with Adam Thielen that he tends to start off hot in seasons and then kind of like slow down. He's really just a touchdown catcher, which is great. But, you know, he's got to catch the touchdowns in order to bring that value most weeks. And yeah, for the most part, that's it. I mean, Tyler Conklin has actually been pretty useful at the tight end position for Minnesota so far this season. So if you're interested in getting a little bit crazier with it, but I will not be using Kirk Cousins in my DFS lineups, even though it's not a terrible spot. It's just I'm going a different direction um, with my quarterback play on the Detroit side. You know, I always want to play Swift. I always like the idea of playing Swift, but he's definitely not going to get you 25 touches either. He's going to get a bunch of receptions potentially. Um, and I would say you can go right back to um, TJ Hawkinson. This is the kind of game where he can have a get-right game. I think the um, the local news media in um, Detroit is giving a bit of a hard time to the team for not involving um, Hawkinson in the game as much. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and he had a little bit of bounce back last week in a, in a tough matchup in terms of his target share. So I think it's going to be him. And as far as the three, it's funny with the three wide receivers: uh, Wiz Khalifa, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Kick His Ass, C Fast. They all have great names in terms of nicknames. I'm going to take it back: Kick His Ass, C Fast. John, you don't even know what that reference is fun. But let me tell you guys at home something about John. Okay, now I'm going to get personal. Hold on, let me make the screen big for a second here. I'm going to make it big. John, I'm going to don't even tell him what I'm telling you. He does not watch movies. He doesn't watch TV. He's never seen Game of Thrones. He just studies sports stats and gambles like a fucking gambleaholic maniac. Now he prints a lot of cash but he doesn't know he doesn't know pop culture. So when I said kick his ass CFAS, a reference to dumb and dumber, he has no clue what the fuck I'm talking about. There's no reaction. I yeah, just, I don't I don't I don't know it. He has no um idea. I do know I listen, I know pop culture from when when I was a kid <laughs> and I was interested in those things. But now like I feel like if I waste time like this is what I love about podcasts and and like the world that we live in now is I I I'm never wasting any time. Like no matter what I'm doing, I could be listening to something that's that's making me smarter. I could be listening to whether it's 
you know, these type of podcasts or, or other ones or audio books. I'm a big audio book guy. So now I just feel like if I'm doing, if I, I, it's probably not a good thing, but if I feel like I'm just relaxing, doing nothing, then I feel like I'm wasting, I'm, I'm wasting valuable time. I have to force myself. I have to force myself to relax and just do that. But I mean, come on, you got to watch Game of Thrones. Come on. So anyway, let's get back to it because, <laughs> you know, they're like, no one cares. We want to know who the plays are. Right. So DeAndre Swift in this game, you know, Khalif Raymond had a lot of targets last week. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown was the star, but but it switches back and forth. I have no idea who it's going to be next week. Amon Ra St. Brown was the least targeted guy before last week. So it's really tough to tell on the Detroit side where they're going to go. But the nice thing is they're all really cheap. By really cheap, you know, Amon Ra, 3,500. Um, Cephas, 43. These are cheap pieces. The scariest part for me is DeAndre Swift because, as you can see, the usage between him and Jamal Williams is very similar. At least on the rushing side, Jamal Williams got more rushes last week, but, of course, um, they didn't throw to him. They threw to Swift, but Jamal can catch as well, so there's a lot of risk. Uh, to me, it's GPP only. These are tournament guys. You cannot fuck with these guys. Low volume in cash games. Um, only tournaments. Only tournaments um, on this group. All right, let's move on to the grossest game on the slate. Broncos, Steelers, um, one point spread. 39 and a half point total, John. It's low. I don't know who the quarterback is for the Broncos. Could be um, Bridgewater out. Could be Drew Locke. For the Steelers, there's all kinds of injuries going on for Ben Roethlisberger at this point. Every week you hear about a different ailment, hip, you know, he's early onset Alzheimer's. He's old as fuck. Is what I'm saying. Like, that's not a yeah. real thing that he doesn't actually have. No, it does not. It's not something to make fun of. But he does have a lot of arthritis, I'm sure. He he has a lot of arthritis. He's very arthritic hands, knees, glaucoma. Yeah, I. It was just a matter of time before me. Big Ben had a lot in common, and uh, now it's starting. So, because I've got a lot of pains in the joints as well. You get old. Arthritis. Hey, ben happens. is there. As a matter of fact, the coach came out today and said, you know, one thing Ben can't do is move around anymore. Like he, he can do everything he used to except move around. And, you know, it's true with Ben, but it doesn't matter. He could still feed the running back and feed Deontay Johnson a lot of targets. So for me, you know, I play Deontay Johnson every single week in DFS. His salary never goes up. No one ever plays him. It's always been very, very good for me to just play him all the time. I will go back to that. But as far as this game as a whole goes, I don't want nothing to do with it after that. I don't really want Najee Harris here. He's got like zero yards on this. It's not like Harris is all of his production is via the pass. He's doing nothing. Let me again, let me show this because people don't understand. This guy is running like he's 2.9 yards, 3.8, 2.8. The rushing has been disgusting. His production has come from the past, which is fine. Which is fine. And he's been great. But a 7K, I need a little bit more than the 20s. This 31-point day was crazy, but it was all off of pretty much, um, uh, you know, I mean, you're going to target the guy 19 times. You can't count on that in this game. You can't count on that in this game. Yeah, Addy's got arthritis and glaucoma after um, Kelsey you know, destroyed our souls last week. That was brutal. 
yeah. Sometimes those great spots, I mean, you you couldn't get a better spot than that, but it did not work out. No, actually, you know what? Whenever everybody, you know, future reference guys, and I'm, I'm saying this so I remember it myself as well. Whenever everybody's talking about Kelsey, make sure you play some Hill. Whenever everybody talking about Hill, make sure you play some Kelsey. Just you want to be on the lower own side of that one almost every week. Like that's almost always the right move. Just, you know, for game theory, for taking down a tournament, you needed Terry Kill last week because he was only 13% owned when everybody tried to play Kelsey. It's just like that. You got to, when everybody, it's a perfect game for Kelsey, play some Hill. Perfect game for Hill, play some Kelsey. Do the opposite. Game theory. Game theory. So you know what's what's interesting in this game from the fantasy point numbers, like on the running defenses against the run. And I take Tampa out of it. These are the uh take Tampa and Cleveland out of it then. Two of the best. And Carolina. They're right there. It's Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Denver. Let's see what the let, let yeah, let's actually see what the power rankings say about this game. It's gonna be disgusting. Um, it's gonna be gross. It's gonna tell you Dude, don't play Pittsburgh the game. Numbers are worse than look at that. That's worse than 19 we yards. Miami. 19 yards rushing pr- projection, guys. How is I'm it shocked even, Denver. Is real? Yeah, I'm <laughs> shocked the Denver number is, is uh actually as high as it is. Because Denver's gonna run and run and run a ton, and that's what they do every week. They do try to run a lot, and maybe Pittsburgh hasn't been that great against the rush. Pittsburgh's been awful against uh I'm no, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh's been good against the rush, at least from a fantasy standpoint. Um, they've been very good. So we'll yeah, we got to look at the total rushing yard. Like your power rankings are better than the DVP. You got to look at your power ranking sheet. And like, I trust this more than DVP. And if you take a look at, let's see what it says for Pittsburgh here, because this balances it out against the opponent, you know, defensive rushing is offensive rushing, horrible defensive rushing, neutral, not, not, not great. Right. Yeah. So they're just a neutral team against the run. They have not been a team to fear, so that's why that number is coming out the way it is. They're getting it. They're getting it. I trust this number way more than DVP, and you guys should too. The power rankings are better than DVP. Please use this over that because this levels it out against the average. So it's looking at what that running back would normally score versus what he scores in a game against this team, and that's a much more predictive. Listen, if you played Christian McCaffrey every week, you'd be the number 32 ranked rush defense but if you're holding him to 25 fantasy points you might actually be a very good rushing defense so that's why dvp numbers are not good and the power rankings numbers are much much better and much more believable we want to believe what we see here um so yeah looking at this game it's pretty gross 227 passing yards. they like the passing yards aren't as bad as you would think all things considered and, and again it doesn't tell me i can't play deontay i think i'm going to play him because I always do ten targets every every single week. I'll, I'll I'll go for that, but I don't want anything to do with the pit, with the um with with the Denver side of this game. Nothing, nothing. I want any of it. All right, next game on the list here. We've got Washington at home taking on the Saints. Saints coming in as minus two favorites. And John, you know I love Heineke. I love him every week. So, you know, it's interesting to see the Saints road favorites here. They're a pretty good defense, but they just got beaten by the Giants. So my question for you is, are we still seeing where the, like, Washington's being underrated a little bit because there's still this idea that Heineke's not good? This line, is it, this is confusing to me. Um, now, I know Washington, listen, they, they played a tough game with Atlanta. 
scored a lot of points, gave up a lot of points. This Washington defense is not any good right now. This was supposed to be the best defense in football. Have, they are not close. They're one of the worst defenses in football. So they not. are they're surprising us to the you know, and I I can't figure it out. Um, but this line is telling like this this was supposed to be a pick 'em, and now Saints are favored, and it's like the Saints are favored coming off. You could say, all right, if they blew the Giants out, you say, well, okay, I get it. Like Washington didn't look very good, but they won. Washington won. The Saints lose to a bad Giants team, and yet they're giving them the like that is making me a little bit worried. I like Washington here, but I'm a little concerned with the line. If you if you start reading lines here, um, it almost looks like they want you to bet Washington in this game. Yeah, whenever they're tempting you, it's usually dangerous. Obviously, we'll take a look at some of the public numbers to see kind of where the bets are going um, later in the week. But it is interesting. I don't like targeting um, any offense against the Saints, but. You know, you can't deny that the Giants put up incredible numbers offensively against this team last week. It cannot be denied. That happened. So do the Saints have somebody who can stop Scary Terry from doing another, you know, great fantasy pr performance? Probably not. Like, I don't know that the Saints have a defender good enough to stop Terry McLaurin. I always pay attention to who the number one cornerback is that they're facing because for the most part, if you throw to Terry McLaurin, he's pretty much a top five talent at wide receiver in the NFL. He's going to catch the ball. Like if you throw it to him, he will catch it and he'll produce. You saw that heave at the end of the game. Wow. Yeah. Listen, that, that was, was such all a catch. But he I had mean. 13 targets. He only caught six of them. Now, I don't I don't know if that was more the quarterback issue. It or... was quarterback. He was not missing it, it. The quarterback is not, you know, it's Taylor Heineke. He's even he's even up, you know passes a lot of times that just are not there but what i like about heineke is he's scrappy he keep throwing he'll run a little bit and he's a scrappy guy like he doesn't he doesn't like he fold under that pressure he just keeps going for it gunslinger i don't I mean, whatever you want to call it he, the arm strength and the accuracy are not aaron Rodgers. you know there's a reason this guy is you know he's never going to be a top 15 like actual quarterback because there's some accuracy issues there's some arm strength issues there but like as far as scrappiness as far as willingness to throw it down the field bravery you know he doesn't he doesn't fold under pressure he just kept going to it and going to it and eventually you know when mclaurin could get one he got it so that was a lot of what i saw in that game yeah I, and i don't i'm not afraid of him here in this in this spot either so he's a um it's, it's this is like a very neutral game for me but with that um, he's the one piece that, that that I do that I do like in in this game. Like I said, you don't want to get too crazy going against the Saints, um, and this this total is yeah. kind of telling us the same thing. So forty four and a half total doesn't get me too excited, but could certainly okay one. Yeah, I mean we, uh, we can play McLaren here. A couple of names: Marquez Callaway, I think, is in play here. He's the only wide receiver really that's getting targets for um, the Saints. They don't throw a lot. Uh, they're they're only throwing the ball twenty two to twenty five times a game. But Marquez Callaway is the best of them and very, very inexpensive. Of course, some people will play Kamara here as well on the Saints side, and I'm fine with that. I probably won't have a ton of it myself because I'm going to focus on Henry and Cook as my payups. But Alvin Kamara is hanging around, maybe the lowest owned of the three. And, um, you know, Hill, Hill is killing Kamara and and Jameis. Yeah. And Jameis. You can't play, you can't play Jameis Winston at all. It's like, you know, he's taking touchdowns away from, from both of them. Uh, it's yeah, it's a tricky situation. This is not a stackable game. 
Carlos, that that thing that took that lineup that took down the um, early slate might have taken down the main slate too with that group of players right there. So I, like that could have been a main slate winner. Uh, I, I I think my highest uh, score on DraftKings was on the early slate only. I think I had yeah, two, I mean, two twenty seven change or something like that. Yeah, I mean I don't know what you scored there, Carlos, but like this is kind of floating in the yeah. wins the uh, Millie Maker if you played it this level. Like I don't know. Who the other running, you know, yeah, Zeke, th that could have won a Millie Maker, man. <laughs> Did you check that? So um, that's a really good lineup. All right, let's move on. There's two more games that are, uh, and then there's a grossy. A couple more games here, though, um, that I'm interested in. Eagles, Panthers, I like this game. 45-point total, three-and-a-half point spread. Panthers, this is a fun game. John, what do you think about the spread? Three-and-a-half point for the Panthers. Um, I can't wait to talk to Gargano. Actually, by the time we talk, it'll be too late but you know he loves the panthers he loves you know he's an eagles guy and I, I might have to text him to ask him what he thinks of this one but what do you say yeah i think on the surface this looks like a pretty easy like go ahead and take carolina um you know carolina against against uh philly but i'm gonna be on the other side of this game i think i think this is one of those um games that they're sucking you in i don't i don't like carolina nearly as much as gargano does so I, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold here. I think we're gold. We're, we're taking, uh, I like the number. I like the three and a half to four. I think the Eagles keep this game closer than, than people think. And uh, I think this is a, a line that is, is, I think they want you to take Carolina in this. I think the public will take Carolina. I'll be on the Eagles. Yeah. I don't know uh, from a betting angles, but I, I will say this um, from a DFS angle, you know, the Panthers don't really have any, any cornerbacks that I have to be, scared of so you know they got a decent run defense but the eagles don't really run the football that much anyway it's really a passing team and with hurts running around kind of going crazy out there so i think you know the tight ends for the eagles in play uh zach Ertz is probably better than goddard just because goddard did it last week and Ertz is just a lot cheaper and they're kind of the same guy right now um you know devonta smith involved jalen rager and the rest of those guys outside of like tournament tart throws out so it's really just hurts um maybe uh devonta smith and the two tight ends usually again i'm going to go to Ertz because goddard is just so much more expensive inexplicably they kind of do the same thing on the panther side you can go right back to dj Moore. one thing i will tell you yeah you could also play chuba hubbard again if christian mccaffrey's not you can go right back to chuba hubbard i want to get a look at his usage but you could go here's the thing about sam darnold and this, this kid has been doing this since the Jets days. When he's focused on a wide receiver, he's only throwing to that guy. Like, he is not a, a, a quarterback that checks off very often. So, um, you know, he's throwing at a massive – now, actually, it's funny. Th there was a bounce in target rates for Robbie Anderson last week. It didn't show up on the – it didn't show up on the um, fantasy points totals for Robbie Anderson. He still didn't have a great week, but he had a massive bounce in total target share, which is encouraging if you're a Robbie Anderson guy. Last week, I tried to get cute. I played a lot of Robbie Anderson. The targets were there. I don't regret it. It was the right play. It just didn't work, but I don't, I, no regrets for me on that one. Now, um, overall, Chuba Hubbard, I'm just looking at his, his um, target share. Man, they just didn't throw to him much. We might not be able to count on him getting a ton of targets overall, but they threw to him a ton the previous week, so it's kind of weird. But 
Rodney Smith. There it is. Who the fuck is Rodney Smith? And so I think we have to be concerned. I'm just looking at these numbers. I didn't even see this. I didn't even get a chance to grab Rodney Smith in my um, dynasty leagues. This is the first I'm looking at the matchups. Who the fuck is Rodney Smith? Are you familiar with? Did you know Rodney Smith was the guy last week getting all these touches? I, I did not. This. No, no. This is news to me right now in real time, guys. Who the fuck is Rodney Smith? After this show, I will be like on my dynasty teams like Rodney Smith. Pick him up. They went a lot to Rodney Smith and they threw more to Rodney Smith than they did to Chuba Hubbard. So actually what I learned just now is fuck Chuba Hubbard. I don't really want, you know, that's a scary play. If there's another guy there that's getting targets, um, I need to look into that situation more in depth. As far as the rest of this team goes, they obviously don't throw very much to their tight ends. So we don't need to worry about any of them. There's too many of them anyway. It's really just DJ Moore who's been consistent. And then Robbie Anderson, they're trying to bring him around. And I do think Robbie Anderson breakout game is coming. Um, yeah. Christian McCaffrey practicing, so it could be irrelevant. But the Rodney Smith thing was interesting. That's what burned Chuba last week. Because I had a bunch of Chuba, and I'm like, what happened to him? Why didn't he get more touches? It's against, it was it was a good matchup, but, you know, Rodney Smith. Okay, that's what happened. Um, Eagle side, you cannot trust Miles Sanders. No. No, no. No. That's I mean, it. It's time. Guys, it's time. It's Carolina's time. good against the run, and Philly is just, against the running backs, yeah. especially, and, and then Philly is just not use the right so that's it if, like, if look at the targets to the wide receivers it's really just like and, and this is why i said goddard being more expensive than than Ertz is a little weird like goddard on the season 11 targets Ertz is 14 even last week it was 11 to 14 goddard caught the touchdowns so it kept his price up but it's been Ertz who's been the better fucking guy for dfs purposes getting more targets so and he's cheaper, so I want to play the cheaper guy. I'm going to play Ertz. And I'm going to play Hertz and Ertz together. I never mind Jalen Hurts. The guy has not scored below 20 fantasy points yet. He hasn't done it yet. What I don't like is the salary. So what's going on with Jalen Hurts here, this 8K fan duel, even 7K DK, they've priced him up now to the point where he's fully priced. There's no bargain here. You're not getting a discount. The discount's gone on Hertz. You're paying full price. You're going to the fancy supermarket, the DeChicos. This ain't the ShopRite, guys. What's a what's a fancy market by you in Florida? Like Kroger's? No, that's the normal one. Yeah, the regular one's like Publix. So like you're going, you're going. Uh, Jalen Hurts is like you're at Whole Foods. There's no sale. Sprouts and Whole Foods, yeah. That's yeah, the... you're, if you're over at the the Publix. They don't, you know, you're looking for bargain guys. You're looking for like Taylor Heineke last week, underpriced. You're not getting that. You talk about, listen, Hertz, he's facing bad defenses. So when you look at him on a, on his, if you look at his numbers against the defenses that he played, he's very neutral, right? So I'm not expecting a huge week here. Played Atlanta, San Francisco, we've seen, hasn't been very good. Dallas defense. Not great. Kansas City, you're going to score points. I don't, I, this is not a spot I want to take them. The, did you say the price is, has gone up? What's the price? Yeah, now? the price is seven. Again, he's yeah. 8K on, so I'm gonna, you don't need him. this is not, yeah, this is not the week for Hertz. No, it, it's hard to play him. 
But all right, here's a game that I do like a little bit. Um, Titans, and I like both sides of this game. So both sides. This could have made the core four. Did it make the core four? No, this could have made the core four. Jaguars at home, four and a half point underdogs to the Tennessee Titans, 40 and a half point game total. Now, John, what have we seen from the Titans? They're bad. Yep. This was the favorite to win the division. But they're not good. Their defense is very, very bad. Their offense hasn't looked great. Um, Julio hurt all the time. A.J. Brown hurt all the time. I don't know if they're coming back this week. But they've been bad. And they've been bad. And the Jets beat them. The fucking Jets played well against them. So... I think there's fantasy goodness to be had in this game. I think there's fantasy goodness to be had. 48-point total, Jacksonville Jaguars, hate the face, Urban, the head coach, all embarrassed, out there grinding on young hotties at the bar after a loss, doesn't even fly home with the team, basically does not give a fuck, openly doesn't give a fuck about the team. Like, he might as well have come out and been like, that ain't my fault. Fuck this team. Like that, his his press conference basically was throwing the players under the bus. Like, well, the team's got a fucking performance, not on me. John, have you ever seen a head coach doing this while still hired by the team? And and the the team owner, I feel bad for. Him. He's a nice man, like a too like a kind person, and and he's just being abused by hate the face. It's crazy. The 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 players laughed him out of the room. Like, yeah, right. He's grinding on a hot chick. Uh, in fairness, she was grinding on him. Yeah, dude. Let me tell you something. When a girl's doing that and your hands on her ass, like kind of touching it, you're allowing it. <laughs> Listen, I, I I like him more after this than I did before. That's for sure. I was never a big Urban Meyer fan. So you like him more after he goes out to the bar after a loss? Absolutely. Sends the team home. I'm not coming on a plane. I'll meet you guys tomorrow. Well, what are you up to, Urban? I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm back home in Ohio. That's his bar. Isn't that like his bar restaurant? <laughs> I, it might be his bar. Yeah. That's fine. But that's what he's busy with. If you're busy with your bar, this I say this about football all the time. If you're busy with your bar, having a good time, if you're busy picking out outfits for your press conference, like Cam Newton does, if you're busy like Zach Ertz does, going to the beauty parlor, getting tips frosted, you're not, you know what you're not busy with? You're not busy with football. You're not busy with studying film. You're not busy with caring about who you played last week or getting better at football. That is my be belief, and I will never change. By the way, I, I just won't change it. Don't You shouldn't be out partying at your bar after the game. You're supposed to fly back with your team when you're the coach and say, give him a fucking speech, say something, be a head coach, and get in the airplane, be in the airplane with your coaches like, dude, what are we going to do next week to get better? All right, don't go out and grind on fucking hot blondes at the bar. And by the well, way, uh, when you're a married man and, and there's a hottie, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm going for it. You're not married. When you're a married man, you don't know this. And there's a hottie, a blonde hottie, and she's backing her ass up into your gurn doing a little bit of this. Yeah, it's nice. But you know that that should not be – you like, dude, my fucking wife sees this shit. Um, No, back the fuck up, ho. Go over there. That's the single dude. John, he's with us. Go to John. Grind on his crotch. He wants it. <laughs> Elbow to fist. You'll like it. Go over there. All right. I'm gonna. I'm here. I'm watching. I'm enjoying the view. No touchies. 
That's what you do. Yeah, but you see, when you're Joe Average married guy, is that what you need? Your well, your antennas need no to go up. Grinds and go, on on Joe no, Average. Well, no one's grinding well, on me anyway. Yes, uh -huh. and if that does happen, you have to your your antenna has to go up and say, "This has got to be a setup." I'm somehow like my wife is behind this, and <laughs> and you know, but <laughs> Joe Average doesn't believe that a blonde hottie is right. going to grind you. Without when you're, you know, when a detective taking actual photos of exactly, this you know, you're going to be on that cheater show, you know, and, and your wife's going to come out of the car like beating the crap out of you. But, yes, but you know, when you're Urban Meyer and you got that huge ego, you're like, Yeah, of course she's into me, you know, of, of course, this 20 something year old chick really finds me attractive, you know. So, I digress. The I, game, he's just a douchebag. So, no, the question totally. is, I've never, I've never been a fan. The, the question is, can the team, though? say, we don't care that our coach is a douche. We're still going to play well this week. And I think, yes, I, I think actually, I think the psychology is no, there's too much turmoil in the locker room. And I don't think that that translates to they're going to be absolutely awful on the field. I'd like to go the opposite of that. But how do you feel? Because th this is very much like a gambler's fallacy type situation. Not really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not hung up. Here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hung and, up on this. I mean, this is, it, it, in all honesty, it's absolute insanity that this is as big of a story this i is, like to ignore these narratives this is between him you know listen yeah. if his wife wants to be upset with it she's got every right to be and that's between it i mean why this affects the team on a day off whatever i don't i don't think the team really gives a shit they probably don't like him all that much because he's you know he's, he's be like fired these, before the end of the he's year he's one of those college guys who comes in and thinks he's going to run it like a college program and it doesn't really work um you know nick saban tried that different with uh Pete carroll who's more of a buddy you know, he was an he, NFL guy. He was an NFL guy, but so was Nick Saban. But yeah. but they were, you know, he's more of a buddy. You know, he's friendly with the players. You know, he's buddy buddy with them. He's not running it like a dictatorship like they do at the college level. And I think, uh, you know, Urban Meyer. And plus, let me tell you something about the on the field. I did not like. I know it was working. I didn't like what they were doing with Lawrence. The amount of runs running him on the goal line on that game is a coach who doesn't give a shit about the future of this kid. Now the kid's got the ability which is what makes him special. He's got all the arm talent, and he can run a little bit. I don't want to see him running RPOs on the one-yard line trying to run linebackers over to score touchdowns. I don't give a shit that he scored. That If I'm the owner of the team, I'm like, listen, I need this kid for the next 12 years to be my quarterback. Let's 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 back off. Let's let's hand the ball off to Robinson. He, he looks like he could probably score. Uh, you know, he played a pretty good game. And uh, let's not get my quarterback killed in his first in his first season when, when the team sucks. So I didn't like that. To me, that's a, that's a that's a, a head coach who doesn't really give a shit, doesn't know how long he's going to be there, and is not looking at the uh, long term, um, you know, long term for his team. So, yeah, I this game is a it's a no bet for me. Normally, I don't I don't buy into all the uh, like I said, I don't buy into all the the off field uh, crap. But when you look at this game, it was seven and a half. Like Tennessee should have been a seven and a half point favorite before last weekend. Their awful play has knocked this down to a four point or spread. was it the Jaguars finally being somewhat competent? Not really. I think this is more the Tennessee side of the game. Um, yeah, I, I just think Tennessee's moving and they're moving the, and the, the total moved as well. This was going to be a 52 point total. We're now looking at a 48 and a half point total. Here's, here's my take on this. Number one, I, I really like the Jacksonville side of this game from an offensive standpoint, DJ shark is out. So the offense is now even more condensed with LaVisca Cheneau and, um, and I'm blanking on who their other wide receiver is. 
the better one. Who the fuck's oh, the other wide receiver? Mar Marvin Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah, Lavisca Chanel and Marvin Jones Jr. Very 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 targeted offense right now. Um, James Robinson finally finally getting a lot of involvement, and we've seen the Titans are not good on defense. So the fact that they allowed Zach Wilson and the Jets to throw the football successfully, produce a monster score for Corey Davis and a really good score for um, Jameson Crowder tells me that Chanel, who's basically the Jameson Crowder, and Marvin Jones Jr., who's basically the Corey Davis, have are in a great setup for a good game. On the flip side of this one, I don't know what's going on with Julio and A.J. Brown this week. I assume one of them will be back, maybe both. At least one of them probably make it back this week. But, you know, the Titans are going to lean on Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has absolutely destroyed Jacksonville throughout his career. Like, those are the 40-point games that Derrick uh, Henry normally puts up. This game sets up potentially for a 40-pointer, a two- to three-touchdown affair. Again, we're not saying it's definitely going to happen. If you think it's going to happen, bet it on the betting line. You probably get plus 600 for four, for three touchdowns. I bet it's plus 200 for two touchdowns. I, I would say the odds makers will put the odds of two touchdowns for Derrick Henry in this game at, you know, one and three, which is very high for two touchdowns, like the highest you're almost ever going to see on any player um, ever, right? So um, in, in, in that case, I, I you've got to find a way to get Derrick Henry in your lineups this week. And I don't mind the bring back with LaVisca or Marvin Jones Jr. because they're very, very cheap. Um, James Robinson, definitely in that mix as well. So I think that there is potential for fantasy goodness in this game where people might, people are going to play Derrick Henry. I don't know that they're going to get on the Jaguars pass catchers. And I think the narrative of Irvin Meyer and coaching, you know, disarray is going to distract from the fact that shit like that almost never translates on game day to anything. And on game day, the players are coming in. They're going to want to play well. And the Jacksonville has a very fast pace of pace of play. I, I really like this game. Let's see what the pace is there. Are, Tennessee is the, for the, the fastest team. I don't know. Those numbers are crazy. 107 snaps per game. It's almost not believable. And Jacksonville is up there as well. Um, ranked middle of the pack in pace of play. Tennessee, according to our numbers, is the fastest um, team or, or the team, the most snaps in the league, which is wild. But hey, it is what it is. So a uh, uh, fast paced game. Look for both teams to produce a ton on offense. I really like this one for mini stacks. I don't like either of the quarterbacks, which is why it's not a focal game. Like, I don't think I'm going to play Trevor Lawrence, but you know what? In big GPPs, John, are you doing it in your MME this week? Do you play Trevor T-Law? Yeah, I think you can. Uh, I think you can take a couple of shots here. It's not going to be a heavy play. But I, I I really don't disagree with much of anything that you said there. I, I can't see – if you're if you giving me two to one on Henry scoring two touchdowns, I'm taking it. Um, I, I think it's going to be lower than that, actually, on a two-touchdown number it, it could be plus 150 i mean i, I think I, that's I the number i if i was giving you the i would put it at 150 i don't know that i don't think i've ever seen a two touchdown i know plus 150 that's why i'm guessing plus 200 that's what it was against the jets but like it could go even lower than that so just that it's a very high likelihood doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen but it's a you know it's not even above 50 percent to happen but it's as high of a likelihood as you're ever going to see of a player put up two touchdowns all right let's try to power through some of the rest of these games here patriots 
Texans, listen up. I know a lot of people want to play Brandon Cook. I know this. I know. I understand why. But just keep in mind that it's still Davis Mills at quarterback, and it's going to be hard for Davis Mills to produce a tournament-winning score from a guy, that, from that guy. I mean, it's just he's not cheap enough to where you could feel comfortable with that situation. And we already saw last week, yeah, Buffo, Buffo, who's I'm assuming from Buffalo, maybe not, is aware that the Bills pull up a really big number against this Davis Mills character last week. So let me ask you this. First off, I don't think you could, There's, I'm not betting the Texans here. No way. Not for me. But are you going there? Are you going with this team and say hey, Patriots, whatever? They're not that good on offense. They shouldn't be favored by 10, even if it is the Texans. I don't know. What's your take on this? Yeah, I got to lean towards Houston on this. I know they're a terrible team. It. But you know I bet a lot of bad teams. Yeah, you right? love the, bad teams you love get overvalued. The, you love the underdog. Yeah, bad teams get or, or undervalued, I should say. Do you ever bet money line and just say, fuck it? Let me just let me just I, pick the winner. No, I don't. Um, just because, you know, it's just a, a lot of this. A lot of the uh, the the stuff I've run in the back testing has just been against the spread. But am I a donkey um, if I like to do money line parlays no. instead of against the spread? Not at all. Not like at all. I like just to, I just want to pick a couple of winners and maybe parlay it up. Here quickly on parlays. If you have an edge on straight betting, then you have an even bigger edge on parlays. If you are a sucker straight better, then you're going to be an even bigger sucker on parlays. It just ex- it just ex- uh, ex- it makes it worse. Exactly, it exaggerates and ex- accentuates. Accentu- what's the word? Accentuates. Accentuates. There yes. you go. Yeah, I did. I did really good on my math SAT, and then my verbal SAT was about half of what I got on my math. So I'm yeah, shocked by this. You got You got to help me. You just you just blew my mind. Yeah, you have to one. you have to help me on uh, some words. From, you know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the, not the best uh, best with uh, my vocabulary. You're from Brooklyn, but, so you say exactly. Ask. It's ask. Mrs. Ask. Spina, fourth grade. She tried to get that out of me. Yeah. I'm, ask, you know, so. I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking ask. you for a sandwich. Exactly. It's not sandwich either. Uh, and and street S H T R E Street S H T. Yes. I'm uh, yeah, that's right. I'm from that's there. that's exactly um, so yes, but uh so yeah, that would be my lean that side of the game. I agree with you here. Um, as far as from a fantasy perspective, I, but the, the tight ends for New England, the, here's the problem, you got two of them. But they're gonna. They're I know, but the, the no. but that's where the points are gonna come from. But I think it's gonna be multiple tight ends. I got two for you. Two players in this game that I'm interested in, and none of them are Brandon Cooks. Number one, Jacoby Myers, the law firm, a target monster so far this season. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Still fairly inexpensive for that reason. I think this might be the game where he gets that elusive tutty. He's not a touchdown scorer. He's very much like what Julian Edelman was. He's playing that role in the Josh McDaniels offense. But, man, doesn't Mac Jones look like a young Tom Brady out there? I know it's fucked up to say, but, like, I was watching that game, man. I thought it was Tom Brady, you know, at, at times. He looks poised. He is calm. It's great. I, I don't see him as a young Tom Brady because Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. But he looks good, and he looks calm, and he looks like the best of the rookie quarterbacks right now the most poised out of any of them so i'm gonna give him some props there jacoby myers playing the julian edelman role in the patriots offense it's a very voluminous role especially against a team that has no ability to rush the passer like the texans here's the second guy i like a lot 
Damian Snacks Harris. Okay, number one, I don't know what the prop is on this kid. Bet the over on those rushing yards. He's coming off of a game where he ran for minus six yards. The prop's going to be too low this week compared to what he's going to do. The Patriots will go right back to Harris here. The way that Bill Belichick operates, he knew last week Harris was a bad play against that Tampa. They are very game plan specific with their running backs. I don't think they're going to go to Bolden. There's nobody else. It's going to be a Damian Harris week here. Look for him to not just score a touchdown, but to run potentially for 100 yards in this game. And, and I could see a scenario where the Patriots feed him and feed him and feed him and feed him. So in DFS, no one's playing Damian Harris. Nobody. He's going to be very low owned, and he is in a unicorn. He will not have a better matchup than this all year. If you don't play him this week, just don't play him ever. Just be like, I don't play this guy. Wipe him off your mind. But if you're ever going to play him, you play him this week in DFS on your fantasy team. Bring him out from wherever the fuck he is on your bench. Put him in the starting lineup this week, guys. Damian Snacks Harris. And I like Jacoby, the law firm, in this one as well um, as, a, as a fantasy play. All right, moving on. We've got, this is just a really bad game here. Bears Raiders. Honestly, this is a nothing to see here situation for me in terms of fantasy, but 44 and a half point total, five and a half point spread, John. Any interest? Yeah, I mean, this line has come down. It was going to open up at, uh, at seven and a half. So it's actually um, come down a little bit. Now they've named Fields as that's it. He's QB1. Um, not a ton of interest in this game for me. Um, you know, I like to lean on the dogs a little bit, but I'm not so sure about this game. I, I Las Vegas is a better team than, than I, I think I anticipated, um, coming That's into the season. As I think about it, the problem with fields is like, he hasn't thrown a lot of passes and they're kind of doing this weird hide him thing. But, but of course, uh, you know, I, I said no fantasy interest, but actually in, for DFS purposes, you know, Damian Williams is going to be kind of like a mediocrely priced running he's really not cheap he's priced exactly where montgomery has been priced so um yeah i, I think they're going to be able to run the ball uh i think they'll, they'll they'll run the ball decently in the game but i i think las vegas i, I think car i think they're going to throw the ball um so i i don't think this is a game i'm going to totally wipe off uh and not yeah you, and you're not right touch. you're right as i look at it a little bit for i don't like teams against the bears so i don't really have a lot of interest in the raiders in this one. So I'm going to say a little bit more. I'm not super interested in the Raiders side because the bears have been a very good defense and just a, just a slow game, low scoring type situation. So I don't, I just don't see a lot of points coming from the Raiders. doesn't mean that rugs or Waller couldn't individually pop off in this game. I just don't really see like an offensive juggernaut game from the Raiders offense. I think on the bear side, yeah, you got it because it's so concentrated between the running back and just the two pass catchers. Um, uh, although it's it's been nothing to Aaron uh, uh, to Allen Robinson, so it's been all last week. It was all um, Darnell Mooney, but you know, Fields mild interest. Fields just didn't score enough. He's already had two week samples. I think Fields will pop off at times, but I didn't see enough running from him even last week to get me excited either. I'm just not excited about it. I, you know, Damian Williams is probably the only guy I'm interested in. And, and I'm not sure how interested I'm going to be. I need to see the story with that injury. Let me go to Fields. Let me go to Fields. 5,200. So he is cheap. But, I mean, he played a full game against Detroit and only scored, you know, he only scored eight fan. This is not good. I think the games will be there. The 20-pointers will be there for him. But, I mean, 
why is he only throwing 17 passes? They leaned on the run. They didn't need to throw. I get it. They probably need to throw more in this game. We might get a little bit more out of fields. He's not going to be an eight-point quarterback. As a matter of fact, eight-point is going to be an anomaly. That will not be the norm for this guy. But the question is, can he get us to 25? Will he get us to 25? And will he do it this week, John? It will not happen this week. I need 25. I need to, yeah. I need 25. I'm, I'm probably just a little bit higher on the other on on Vegas uh, being able to throw the ball than than you are in this game. So I wouldn't totally th- rule out their their wide receiver. I I'm 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 a little higher on Carr than than I have been in the past. Carr boy, Carr gets Carr's one of those guys who just gets. I don't know why. Maybe because it's the Raiders quarterback for the Raiders, and they're kind of a big national team. But man, he's he's not as bad as I, I think. People make them out to be, and they came out in that second half last week and and, and played fairly well. They did in a game they, that they could have rolled over. He's been bad for a long time, yeah, he's and been that's average. What, you know, he's, been, he's average. been average for a very long time. It's not like this is not a new commodity. It's it's a guy who's been around for a while. I mean, he must be in his ninth season. Like he's got to be eight years into the league, nine years. Like this guy has been around. So I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's seven, but or six. I, you know, I, I feel like he's been around for a very long time, and it is what it is. Like at some point, you gotta accept that he's. But he's been playing great. He's been one of the best fantasy scorers this year. But again, it's the Bears now, and the Bears are a good defense. They're not a defense to be trifled with in terms of allowing a lot of fantasy points. They could lose the game, but it's not a defense you want to trifle with too much. And the wide receivers for the for the Raiders are very sketch. They're not volume guys. So, you know, when you look at the wide receivers, the Raiders, it's like, what are you going to trust Brian Edwards? You're going to trust rugs. Rugs are going to be thrown to like five or six times. It only takes one or two of those to connect for him to put up a monster score, but it's really a tournament only like crazy play. And I don't expect it this week. I would just would say, yeah, it's certainly possible. It's possible every week, but there's no elevated chance of that happening this week versus another. So it just doesn't jump off the board as a good play for me. Um, in DFS purposes, outside of just a straight ownership leverage play. Man, Fields, though. I'm starting him in some leagues still because I got some 2QB leagues where I have Fields, and I just I got to play him. The only league I have him in, I got Brady, so it's no chance Fields is getting in. No, no I got to play only in my Superflex where Dynasty, where he's all I got. You know, in Superflex Dynasty, there's no... You, you got to give away, like, first round and get Taylor Heineke. I mean, you can't get anybody. All right, um, Cleveland Browns, L.A. Chargers, 47-point total, two-point spread. These are two good defensive teams, John. I don't know about this one from a DFS perspective. Two really, really good defenses. Uh, Does anything stand out from a betting angle? 47-point total, two-point spread. Yeah, I think this is one where I'm anticipating the the Chargers getting some money here from the public. We haven't haven't looked at it um, in depth yet. And we have the Sharp report over at the the Sharp app. Anthony puts that together. And we usually get some really valuable information there that I like to look at because it lets us know, is Sharp money coming into um, the sports book on this side? Where's the square money coming in? And uh, what side does the book need, right? So it's always nice to be on the same side as the sports book and where their liability is. So we'll see as the week moves on um, what Anthony, what information Anthony gets and and posts on that that report. But... um, I'm anticipating Chargers, and Cleveland's really been a public type of a team. I think last week's going to leave a little bit of a bad – I know they won, leave a little bad taste in their mouth. The Chargers played that on Monday night. That always kind of gets 
people, um, you know, they're fresh on people's mind after playing Monday night, and they look pretty good in that game. That defense looked good, I thought. It is um, a good defense. I think that yeah. the defense is legitimately look what they good. did with Dallas, right? So let's, I mean, they I mean let's, take look at, let's take a look at the um, you know, the 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 power rankings are unbiased and they tell you everything you need to know. And I mean, look at this. So what are the power rankings telling us? They're telling us number one, Cleveland running game, probably in a good spot. Chargers haven't been that great against the run. It's saying the Chargers running game. Maybe not in such a good spot. Only 58-yard projection. We saw Austin Eckler looking really good this past weekend. Doesn't matter. That's calculated in there. Passing-wise, don't expect a whole lot out of the Browns here. 134 yards. Disaster. Don't play Odell unless it's like you're getting silly for the Millie. Like, that is not a good play. And on the Charger side, we're not looking at such a great game from them either. So across the board, yardage down. 276 total yards for the Chargers. That's disgusting. Cleveland, a lot of running game potential, not a lot of passing potential, not a whole lot of fantasy goodness to be had. Somebody's asking about Chubb. Dude, I never, I don't know how many times I got to say it. I never play Chubb. It's that simple. I never play Chubb. And you might be like, well, there were two games last year where he scored 28 fantasy points. I don't care. And the reason I don't play Chubb is because Kareem Hunt is coming in the game and stealing the touchdowns. And Chubb is priced not like a guy who comes out for another guy. He's not priced like that. He's priced like he's an elite stud. And he's priced like he's Dalva Cook. But Dalva Cook doesn't have Kareem Hunt coming in and stealing all the tutties. So fuck Chubb. Yes, when he scores two touchdowns, can he get you 27 points? Great, sure. But what are the odds of him scoring two touchdowns? Not that good. He does it. He's going to do it a couple times this year, and I'll be like, oh, I could have played Chubb. But you know what? I will continue to never play Chubb, and I'll just get burned on those few weeks. John, what do you think about that as a DFS approach? I know you don't do this, but because I, I, I study your MME every single week, by the way. You don't even know. That's what I do. I know you do. Yeah, I study your MME every single week, and I want to know what – I know your style. I know exactly – you. your style fits in with like – a bunch of other pros. And then there's a whole other group of, you know, MME pros that do a very different style. And it's, it's fascinating to watch it week after week. And by the way, if you guys aren't doing that, it's an important thing that we do on the Monday weekend review show. You should be watching that because we go through this kind of stuff and we look at how the winner of the big tournaments and winners are approaching the slates. John is very much a, I'm going to get exposure to everybody guy. Um, from what I've seen, so I know you do that, but what do you think of my fuck chub approach? <laughs> do you think that makes any sense? Yeah, no, when, when we talk here on the on the this is more of a I, I always put myself in the mindset of I'm I'm just playing 20 lineups, right? Yeah. And in that scenario, I I agree with you wholeheartedly wholeheartedly. You know, as you mentioned, my approach with the MME is I'm going to have to have a piece of of both of those guys. And sometimes it looks terrible. Like you you got on me. You know, I needed Hopkins a couple of I weeks told ago. You don't play Hopkins, but I'm, he's in the mix, and then he winds up in my best lineup. And you're like, son of a bitch! Like, I really didn't like him, but here he is, my best. Um, I did have a good week last week. I mean, I netted quite a bit, um, nice. mostly on Fanduel. Um, so it was it was really last week was good. So so far, it's been a pretty good NFL season. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been in the hunt here, and and it sucks the one you play my style, and you're like, God damn, like that wasn't a player I re I even liked. But 
oftentimes guys I don't like do well too. But that said, yes, I agree with you. 20 lineups, pass on it. Um, but I do, you know, that what happens every week is Cleveland triggers a really nice number for me on the for the running backs. And, and you're it's like right here Shit. on the screen. I mean, it's yeah, you're like, I want to pay. You're like, I want to play Chuck. But I watched a lot of that game and it's Hunt inside the five yard line. And you're like, why? I, don't, I honestly don't even know why. Um, I don't I, know. I, I would use Chubb there, but they're using Hunt. And when you couple that with the fact that he's getting targets, he's the better option and you're getting him for cheap. For, for he's not cheaper, cheap, but cheaper, he's cheaper. cheaper. Yeah, I still think Hunt is too expensive. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, but you're getting him for 900 bucks less than Chubb on on DraftKings. So, and with the with you know, if you're projecting him, how how far you might even have Hunt projected for more. Who knows? So it's obvious that the play is is, is more Hunt than Chubb here. This is gross. I hate it. And you can't play the passing game for Cleveland at all. So for me, fuck Cleveland. Don't play anybody from that team. And on the Chargers, realistically. Don't play anyone from the Chargers either. This game is a complete and utter pass. Um, I believe that is it, John. Uh, Two-hour two hour episode. Love it. So, guys, thanks for sticking with us for this whole thing. That is the main slate. I'm going to give you a couple of notes of interest. I will be back tomorrow night with the wise guy, the original wise guy himself, Anthony Gargano, who has been spitting fire on the wise guys show over on the sharp app actually giving out picks bets for your nfl sunday weekend um he's already hit incredible like a plus four thousand par uh, like a plus four thousand long shot he hit a plus 2400 the week before this guy is crushing it um the ds is what we refer to as the domination station optimizer that is the optimizer we use over at dfs army so um yeah to clarify as we um, forget sometimes that not everybody is familiar with the uh, our little slangs here. The, the domination station optimizer. That's the DFS Army um, tool for optimization. Um, as far as that, so if you want to check me out on the Wise Guy Show with Anthony Gargano, make sure you download the Sharp app. Get that; it's free. You can see the show. You can compare odds. You got props. We we, we have an incre incredible player props tool that we're building in to the Sharp app partially this week, a little more of it next week. That is going to be amazing. A prop finder tool. You just type in the name. You'll see every prop for that player in existence, a super, super useful tool. So make sure you get the app now and you'll have that tool when, when it hits, of course, as well, I will be back. Um, this is John, John, of course, will be on the sharp app every day, giving out his bet of the day. It's been smashing. So again, free bet of the day from John, when you go to sharp app, so definitely go download it and leave a nice review. Do me a solid. Leave a nice review when you check it out if you like it. If you don't like it, don't leave any review because I don't want to see your mean reviews. That's just harsh and mean, and I, I, it's just hurtful. So please don't do that. And then um, as well, make sure to check out our show sponsor, Owner's Box Fantasy, Weekly Fantasy Sports. Listen, it's a great game. I play it every week. It's basically very, very similar to FanDuel DraftKings. There are no sharks in the room. It's much, much easier to win against softer competition. Sorry, I'm in there. So you got to beat me, motherfuckers. But beyond that, there aren't too many sharks in there. And um, you could play a super draft, uh, super flex style. So I love playing super flex fantasy. And the fact that it exists over an owner's box is awesome. And they're giving you 10 bucks free to play with this week. You might as well go do it. Just take the $10 free. Don't You don't have to put a credit card. You just go on, log in, drew nine promo code. Use our, use our link in the description for this um, show. And you're going to get to 
play us a $10 contest for free. It's free. $10 is a lot of, more than a lot of people play on DFS every weekend. So if they're going to give you a free, and they've been giving a free ticket every week after that. Like after I sign up, every single week, they send me an email for another free $10 entry to that contest. So I've been able to play all season without a deposit. What do you wait? It's free. I'm not asking you to pay any money. It's fucking free. John, it's free. If it's for free, it's for understand. me. I don't understand. Go fucking play over there. It's free. That's it. Man. Anyway, I mean, all right. You don't want to? Don't do me a favor. I don't give a fuck. But it's free. I like I like free shit. I always want to play there. So that'll do it for this one, guys. The game plan. We'll be back next week, as always, breaking down all the games of the slate. Thank you for joining us. Like and subscribe to the channel. All that good stuff. We will see you next time. John, thanks again for being here. You are the man. I can't wait to see your bet of the day. I will be placing that bet because of the way it's been smashing. So I'll check that out in the Sharp app. And I will see you guys next time on the game plan.